Hey, this is Chuck Dixon, and you're listening to Signal of Doom. Well, you know, for me, the action is the juice. I'm in. Hello and welcome to Signal of Doom, episode 334. I'm Dave, I'm here with the main man, Rich. Rich, how are you going? Oh, not too bad, buddy, not too wow. bad. Uh, glad to hear you sounding a bit... Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm off the deathbed, Sounding a bit man. better? Yeah, I, there's a little bit of a cough left, and I can even feel it while I'm talking now, so apologies, there will still be a little bit of coughing this show, but I want to say a thank you, firstly to you, Rich, for last week, your big support, because I was struggling, man, and... Um, and to all the listeners who reached out and were like really kind of thankful that we'd done a show on and stuff, and I was like, well, thank you guys because we do it for the we're doing it for the people, man. You know what I mean? Like people's champion, and if elected, people's dictator. As far as I'm concerned, you know what I mean? I'll be I one of those guys. Elected, I suppose. They if they be. elect me, man. If they elect me to be president, as I hope, man, it will become a tyranny. You know, and those close to me will receive favour. You know what I mean? It'll be it'll be divide and conquer, man. Uh, I hope it happens, Rich. Do you think it's going to happen when I can become emperor of the world? I hope so. You'll be, you be part of my cabinet, Rich. You can be part of my cabinet. There you go. I'll give you a portfolio. Uh, great. I mean, I'm pretty sure I will be the first one uh, executed. <laughs> nah, no way, man. No way. Uh, I'll be the first one. I'll be the first one uh, executed for dissent. And yeah, uh, yeah, we might have to put you in the soundproof chamber sometimes. But no, no, I, I think Rich can. I'd give you like a country or something, and say this is Rich's this is Rich's area. He can have this, you know. This would be this is your area. You and as always with me, man. You know my style. No rules, no regulations. If I give it to you, whatever you want to do with it, go for it. I couldn't care less. You know, not my problem. Um, what a glorious yeah, that is true. What a glorious reign of terror it would be. You know, oh, gee, I hope it happens. Well, uh, you know, I do want to say thank you to everybody. Um, look, if you ever want to support the show, I know some people reach out. They want to know what to do. Um, there's a Patreon, um, patreon.com slash signal of doom. Um, new people have joined up. Look, we really appreciate everyone who joins. Um, you can contribute as little as a dollar, um, a month. It all goes towards show running costs. So yeah, that, it's, it's much appreciated. Now, uh, we've obviously had World Cup diary. Last night was the big clash, uh, South Africa v Australia. And can I say, Rich, <coughs> as predicted, what a competitive match. And there's a lot to like about that South African team and their performance. I, I, feel, I, I No, no, in all fairness to them, uh, Aussies won. It was a tight win. It was a pressured game. But watching the, the South African team, I've always liked the South African teams, as you know, over the years. There's a lot to like in that team. You've got a lot of raw talent, you know, and, um, you know, I, I know they didn't play to their best, but, gee, the bowlers, I thought those spinners did a good job. And the South Africans, they made life very tough for the Aussies. And... Um, and I also like that young paceman you've got, uh, Kurtzen or something is his name, with a C mm-hmm. C O E I don't know X Z and good good, good player, team. good player, good player, good player. Um, you've got the building blocks of a good team. Um, your big guns didn't fire at the top of the order, and that cost you. David, I said to Michelle when David Miller came to Chris, I said I've seen David Miller play long innings before, and he can, he certainly can do it. And he played in a very good innings. That was a good 100 under a lot of pressure. Um, you were probably 30 or 40 short in the end, I think. 30 or 40 more, and you probably would have won that game. Um, but it was a very competitive affair. I, I, did you, how, how late did you stay up, Rich, with it? 
Uh, about two o'clock, and then I. So get was that you probably we probably needed about fifty or sixty by then. Was Smithy still in? Um, yeah, I think you guys needed only like seventy fucking odd. Or yeah, something like well, that. it got like, a bit tenser. Like, I was like, I was like, now it's you, you'll slowly get there, but I was like, there's no point in staying up. Like, yeah. um, uh, yeah. you know, it's it's you it's not going it. to happen. So I was like, um, I'll just wake up and read about the. It almost uh, happened loss. though. It almost happened because um, Smithy got out to a very unsmithy shot after playing a very good thirty, and they got Inglis late, uh, and it was. It was tight, you know, uh, Starkey and Cummins got us across the line. So Aussies are going to play in the final against India. We're certainly going to have to play better. But Australians in a World Cup final were a big chance. You know, we've got a very good record in them. Um, we've certainly been in India many times. I think odds favourites would be India in the home conditions. They've got the spinners, but you never know. But that was, you know, people always accuse the South Africans of choking. I felt your team, apart from the opening of the batting, you really, I, I think those guys should be pretty proud of how they defended that total because it was a pretty, pretty, it was a pretty tight match. You know, like I don't feel either side really played at their best uh, other than the Australians at the very beginning with the bowling. But yeah, it was a, it was a tight game, man. It was a tight contest and, you know. I, I completely disagree. Really? The choke was on. Oh, yeah, but like, again, c- certainly, as certainly the batting. Do is, <laughs> as, as, uh, listen, I'll tell you this. Yeah. One thing we are the world champs of, <laughs> choking. <laughs> we might not be the world champs of cricket, but we are certainly the world champs of choking. Well, certainly in your batting at the top of the order, with the Aussie bowling was on point, you guys definitely looked uncertain. in the, And that was where the game was really won, in that, in that opening hour. Uh, our bowling was really good. That the pace bowlers Hazelwood and Starkey. Oh look, and I and I mean I, I don't care what anyone says. I, I think your captain is probably one of the weakest players in the team. I mean he just gifted his wicket away at the start. Um, I, I mean I unless he's scoring runs when I'm not watching. Whenever I watch this guy, he gets out. You know, to, uh, mm-hmm. you know I don't I don't know what his overall record is like, but he's not the best batsman of the team by any means. Like there's about three other guys I'd say a better. Most of the team is a better player than your captain, you know, which is weird to me. Like, uh, you know, there's the uh, the guy that I... Look, I said to Michelle, we need to get De Kock, uh, Van Dusen and um, Markham. Yeah. No, buddy, you got them all out. You got no, them no, all. no, 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 but it's before you, the, you got them all. You no, got be- them all. before the match, I mean. I said they're the keys, no. and we did get them all. If you, if you had a shopping list, you were just like, yep, I'll take that, I'll yeah. take that, I'll take that, I'll take where, that. Thank where, you very much. Okay, let's go to the checkouts. Where, where were you mentally when Van der Dusen was really just digging in? Did you think he was going to dig himself out? Because I sort of, I, I felt like we had to get him because... I know he takes his time to get in. I thought he's the exact kind yeah. of player. Once, once the choke is on, the choke is on. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, look, like there, there was me, the element of that. Like, um, you know, and, and again, you, you you talk about oh, the bowlers did it, but guess what? The bowlers did it with the batting as well. Sure. Yeah. Uh, the, the the only fucking I mean, other than was it uh, I think Miller. Yeah, he, uh, play, he played very uh, well. Got a hundred. Yeah, but other than Miller, it was it was all up to the bloody tail end as the bowlers. Yeah. To, to to put on a bloody score. So mm. I mean the this this game was literally uh carried by the bowlers. Um yeah. uh, the batters didn't do anything. The bowlers did all the bowling and uh they did all the uh, all the batting. As Can well, you imagine much. if David Miller hadn't played like such a good innings? Like it could have been like a one forty oh, or one fifty. I mean Jesus Christ, with the way we were going, I'm not i I'm not gonna lie to you, I I kind of thought uh, I I'd be fucking 
stoked if uh, if they actually managed to not embarrass themselves and get 150. I know. I actually felt there was a point in the game where I felt we were a chance of getting guys out for 140, 150, and oh yeah, you oh, know. easy. Yeah. Anyway, look, was it, look I, there's got to be a win and a loser, and we're certainly not favourites going against I certainly it. don't have a problem with losing. I have a problem with being embarrassed. Sure. Uh, once again on the world stage, that's what I have an issue with. <laughs> oh, but Rich, there are some good players in that team. Like, those spinners, they played pretty well, man. You know, and, and that young bowler, he's got a future. That young guy, um, he, he he can bowl. He, he he really is a good good player. Um so, you know, like, look, I don't think you quite had a World Cup winning team, but you certainly had a threat. You know, you... you... Mate, I mean, until, we, until we've played Netherlands, you, you thought we had a World, uh, World Cup winning side. Mm. Like, un- until we played uh, Netherlands, we looked absolutely dominant. I, I tell you what, I did see in the eyes of the South Africans after the um, captain got out, I did see fear in the batsman's eyes. Like, I, the, the shell shock. I, there... There is a bit of that for you guys. You, you guys are fighting a little bit of, like, the past, it feels like. You know? Like, it's like the past rears its ugly head when suddenly you're two for eight and stuff, and you went into your shells, which is the oh, wrong... Yeah, yeah. We, like, we, all we know how to do when it comes to a semi-final is collapse. Yeah. And that's the wrong attitude against Australia, to go into your shells, because we will... Hey, that's the wrong attitude to go in with anyone. Yeah, like, true. It's just, it's, it's, but it's the, it's the attitude we always have when we yeah. get to... Tentative. Uh, as soon as we get to semifinals, yeah. that's it. It's, 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 it's crazy. Done, bro. It's, it's, it's done, weird, because that isn't sudden... the most talented South African team by any means, and they still gave a good account of themselves, but fell short. But when you think of some of the talent that you guys have had since you came back... Um, you know, in the early 90s. I mean, you've had a team that at some point should have won a World Cup. You know what I mean? Like, Oh, hell yes. Yeah, like there's been plenty of good players. Like even some of the commentary guys, like uh, Sean Pollock. I mean, Sean Pollock, in my mind, is one of the best bowlers, you know, in world cricket in the last 50 years. Like he's he's right up there. You know, you had Alan Donald. Like, yeah. you know. Like, uh, uh, yeah, Callis. I mean, no, no, no. Yeah, I mean, I mean, just like our rugby team, we should have had at least a couple of... Uh, mm. Uh, you know, if not one or two, at least one. Is it back to the drawing board now? Because de Kock's apparently retiring. I mean, he certainly won't be around in four years anyway. And um, I don't see a long future in that captain. I think he looks like he's on borrowed time. Um, you think heads will roll after this? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't know. Uh, well, I don't know. He could have, uh, he could have protective status. Yeah. Could you not build a team? Like a, a, a one-day team, at least around, like the David Millers. and Like, you've got some good players there, like the Markhams and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. I assume you've got a couple of good openers, you know, to replace the cock. Um, it, it feels like you guys could build a good team. Like, you've got the you've got the basis of a pretty good team. Like, if you sub in a couple of guys, like, get rid of that captain. He looked hopeless to me. Like, bring in someone else. Like, a decent, like, you guys have never been short of decent openers in South African cricket. You know, you can usually find one. Um, I, I just feel like your rebuild shouldn't be too extensive. I, I think you could sub in about three or four players and, and have a pretty competitive team pretty quickly. You know, it's just or, or based on what I've seen. You know, I think that there's a good play. Like that chamois, that spinner, I was very impressed with his intensity and how he was turning the ball. Uh, and, and I don't know anything about him, but uh, he, he was impressive. He was, he was genuinely dangerous. Uh, on, a, on a turning wicket, he was getting a lot of turn, you know. And, um, yeah, anyway, look, it, it was, it is what it is, but that's World Cup Diary. Mm-hmm. Um, Australians play India. Uh, Ray and I will do a, um, a preview. 
Uh, we play India on Sunday night, uh, Australian time. Um, obviously, the Indians are favourites, but you know what? Don't count us out, man. I, like, yeah. oh, there was Again, one. The, the Indians are going into this literally undefeated. I mean, yeah, but, if, they, if they beat you, they have pretty much won this undefeated. Like, yeah. well, they, they have not lost a single match. Well, they won't they be the first team match. to do it. We've done it before, too. Uh, I think 2003 yeah, or something. It's rare, though, is my it's point. It's very rare. Yeah, it's very rare. Yeah, usually... It's you... very rare for, a, 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 you know, to go undefeated and win a... Oh, it's a, very rare. No, the only team I can think that's done it was one of Ricky Ponting's teams in either 2003 or seven. I can't remember which one, but we went through undefeated. Um, no, it's very rare. Yeah, for sure. But that said, um, uh, you, you, you know, we've got a great record in World Cup finals, you know, and I, I, think, I think the Aussies will give a decent account of themselves. I really do. I really believe it. I think we, I think we could on the day beat them for sure. Yeah. Um, and what I um, uh, we, we lost, but you know what? At uh, at least we got uh, Warner out. I fucking love getting that guy. <laughs> oh, dude! When just to wrap this up, when Warner caught that guy and then did the the running jog, I said to Michelle, "Cheers, I'd love to see Rich's reaction right now." You know when he caught that I guy? Just, yeah, I can't. I can't stand it. <laughs> I said, "Rich cannot stand this guy," and he did the celebration. It was kind of like a hop. Did you see it? He was like mm-hmm. running on the spot, and I <laughs> immediately thought of you. Watching it, and I thought maybe you'd throw your control through the TV or something. Yeah, <laughs> I was there, was one, there was one where I mean I'm not really su- super familiar with with uh, what's what's that guy's name Head, Travis Head, yeah, yeah. But when he did his little wristy thing, <laughs> oh yeah, in the wicket, I was like, all oh, right, another fuckwit I can add to the list. <laughs> yeah, man, I know I can appreciate that. Um, the, he did the send off, didn't he? It was kind of like a flick, like go away now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was. Uh, yeah, it was pretty funny. <laughs> now, um, turning to signal news. Now, any signal acquisitions for you, Rich, over the last week? Have you picked up anything up? No, no. Okay, that's a short segment. Um, all right. Well, we've got Michael Kellershim. Um, what have you picked up, Dave? Maybe make it make the. No, I've longer. got some. I've got some. Don't worry. But I, I'm polite. I, I like to. I like to hand it to you. I'm being nice here, Rich, because like you know, Aussies came on top. I want to. Don't want to be too cruelty tonight. I'm trying to be nice. Um, Michael, you can't, yeah, listen. You can't be any more <laughs> cruel than what the South Africans were. Yeah, so. South Africans hurt you last night. Show me where they hurt you, and just point to your heart. <laughs> There's nothing left. Um, mind you, you must have built a bit of scar tissue over the years. You know, regarding the team. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's it's one of the it's it's battered wife syndrome. Man. Yeah, you're just like, look, they gave a better account you, you, of themselves. You kind of just live with it, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, they gave a better account of themselves on the South African teams in semi-finals. Um, now, um, Michael Kellershim, Jesus Christ, he picked up the first seventeen volumes of Prince Valiant, over three and a half decades of stories from 1937 to 1970. So I guess we know what uh, Michael Kellershim will be doing for the rest of his life reading that. Jesus. Um, all nice fanographic hardcovers and over $100 off cover price. Amazing storytelling and art. Have you heard of this, Rich? Prince Valiant. I think I know the name somehow. I mean, yeah, yeah. I know who Prince Valiant is, for sure. I don't. Um, a prince really? called Prince Valiant? Is he really oh, old-timey? Okay. Like old- oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Prince old- Valiant. Yeah, okay. So it's like old school, like um, almost like Errol Flynn stuff, is it? Uh, I'm looking yeah, at geez, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to remember how old it is now. I'm um, looking at pictures. It's like, it's like super old school. Like I didn't know how to scrub medieval. It's an epic. No, no, no. But I mean, not no, sorry, not old in where the setting is. How old is in like how old the actual property? Is. Here we go. It's, it's an American comic strip created by what is 
Al Hal Foster in 1937. It's an epic adventure that, that has told a continuous story during its entire history, and the full stretch of the story now totals more than 4,000 strips. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Um, the setting is Arth- Arthurian. Uh, Valiant Val is a Nordic prince from Thol, located, blah, 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 near, somewhere near Norwegian coast. Um, yeah, so it's old school. It's massively old school. Events depicted are taken from various time periods from the late Roman Empire to the high Middle Ages. Okay. With a few brief scenes from modern times. There used to be an animated show for it as well. Really? I've heard the name more than I know anything about it. But anyway, I mean, he's bought Jesus from 37 to 70, Rich. Wow. Is it, that's, that's, I'd love to know how, how much he paid and how many books that would be. Like, if it's a Sunday strip, I mean... Well, it would be a pretty uh, lengthy book. Like, well, it would be a series of books, surely. Because it's like all of them. Yeah. He's saying, the, well, it's 17 volumes, so he bought 17 volumes. I wonder what he paid for that. They give us a price tag on that, uh, Michael. Um, here's a shocker. Jack Kirby lifted the design for The Demon from a 1937 Valiant comic strip. He wasn't the only one. Roger Stern did an intro which covered all the famous artists who borrowed scenes from Hal Foster, everyone from Molly Wood to Frank Frazetta, obviously the Conan guy. Wow. So th- they call that swiping, Rich? Is that right? Comic swipes? I'd be familiar yeah. with that term. Yeah, there you go. Are you impressed? I know that. I, I'm, I'm impressed. Only I, you know, I, I think you know any like anything that that technically sounds criminal. Well, I I um I I joined a Facebook group about a year ago that was called Comic Swipes, and and that was when I realised what they even were, and I was like, wow, I'm learning stuff at my advanced age. You, le- you they say you learn something every day. I don't. I learn something every maybe a couple of months. You know. I don't know. I feel like you learn something every Friday. You're true, actually. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, actually, that's a good point, Rich. If we include this and all the many things that I, that I get confused by, and then I learn. Yeah, sure. Um, now, we have single abductions from myself. I bought the Xeno Warrior Princess Ultimate Collection, the complete collection. I've been watching them up to season two. Uh, I'd already watched most of season one uh, digitally, but I've, I'm now into season two. What a great show, Rich. Can I just say that? Like, Xeno, I just love it. I mean, I, I don't care what anyone says. I think it's one of the classics. Uh, you, I bet, let me guess, you preferred Hercules with Kevin Sorbo, correct? Uh, yeah, I like them both, but uh, I did uh, watch more. I think it was just because of the time when it was on, but I did end up watching more um, Hercules, yeah. Mm. But uh, I love Xena. I, I really, I, I adore the show. Lucy Lawless is fantastic. Oh, it's a good show, but it's, from, it's the same people. So Yeah, same people, Sam Raimi. Um and all that. So, yeah, no, it's it's great. Yeah, I mean, Xena debuted in Hercules, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's yeah. an original, um, what do you call it, like a, a sort of backdoor pilot in, in Hercules, a two-parter, and then it was so popular that they spun her off into a, into a show. I don't know if they already intended that. Maybe they did. I can't remember that, but... She... I, I, I would imagine they probably had an idea and, yeah. you know, um, introduced the character first, as, as you say, just to maybe gauge... Yeah. Uh, uh, ...feedback... And fan response, because if everyone was like, I guess, like, Jesus Christ, who's this annoying character, they might be like, okay. Yeah, forget about it. Back burner. <laughs> yeah, now, now they would call that a backdoor pilot, but I'm not sure if it was technically one at the time, but it certainly um, became one. Isn't it funny that it, they always, it's one of the spin-offs that became more popular than the original show? It, can we think of other examples? Like, uh, no, so Mork and Mindy from Happy Days, I'd say Happy Days was more popular, even though Mork and Mindy yeah, was popular. Yeah, I don't think that was... Uh, Can we yeah, think yeah, of yeah. anything else? Laverne and Shirley from Happy Days, I think Happy Days was more popular than Laverne and Shirley, although Laverne and Shirley was very popular. Um, there's got to be other mm. examples. 
There's, there's got to be Melrose Place was a spin-off from Beverly Hills. I would I would argue potentially that Melrose Place was more popular, but that is arguable. Uh, it could be arguable, but I mean also different demographics. Um, sure. I think Melrose Place was slightly older. Yeah. Good point. Can we think uh, of any other examples? I'm trying to think. There's got to be something. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to. I'm racking my brain, but I'm like... Uh... I was going to say A Man Called Hawk for Spencer Fire. No, Spencer Fire was more popular, although I preferred A Man Called Hawk um, with the guy yeah, from... Um, I am, the, yeah. The I'm... guy from... Um, uh, I, I, I'm thinking of spin-offs like Torchwood from Doctor Who, but Doctor Who is definitely more popular than Torchwood. We'll put that in the back yeah, burner. I mean, There's I gotta be you've got Stargate Atlantis and stuff and all that. I mean, obviously, you've had different Star Trek spin-offs, but I can't think of anything that was... You could More argue, popular. you could argue that Star Trek: Next Generation was almost as popular as the original Star Trek. You know, no, but even, no, no, no. But the thing is, that's not really a spin-off. That's yeah, a true. continuation so cool. that happened after the show was finished. We're talking about things that were kind of yeah going at the same time mm. that were spun out of a current show. I mean, I mean, that's how I would uh, judge yeah, it. Not yeah, no, There's got to be something. There's got to be some show that that did that but you know listeners if you've got an example um from especially from uk or us uh bring it in because i just feel that there's got to be one you know but uh anyway well zena is an example so i guess there is one example um and then also i got um and this is actually what inspired me to buy the zena uh, ultimate collection i went down to um uh jb hi-fi uh, down here at um uh, I don't know where it is, Greenpoint, I guess, and um, picked up a Flash T-shirt, Rich, which I'm wearing right now. It's actually a pretty cool shirt. And a Xena T-shirt. Um, and I'm loving them. And, uh, yeah, and I was like, I brought it home, and I was like, man, I really want to pick up the collection because I saw it in there, and I went in the next day and picked up the collection. So all, all the seasons of Xena now. Because I'm a believer nice. with some of this stuff. Like, I, I love digital as well, but sometimes I'm like, I want to just have it on my shelf. So if I want to watch it, I can just go watch it. Like, I don't have to bother about downloading. I don't have to find a streamer. You know what I mean? Like, sometimes, it's like The Fugitive. I'm like, I, w- I don't know where The Fugitive is screening, but I know where I can fucking constantly find it in- on my shelf. You know? Mm-hmm. And just whack it in the PlayStation and away we go. So there is something to be said in this day and age. Like, when everyone's like, oh, fuck digital media, uh, physical media. I'm like, no, I, I, I still like, especially with TV, like having the episodes at times, because I can just go to my shelf. You're with me on this, aren't you, Rich? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, digital is certainly convenient when you just want to watch something, put something on and not have to, you know, change DVDs and all that. But I kind of do enjoy... Sometimes I also want to watch the special features and uh, stuff and all that. So, um, plus, again, look, it's just handy because, you know, internet's not always up. Yeah. And stuff comes on and off streamers. always down. And stuff comes on and off streamers. That's the other thing as well. Like, how many times do you want to watch something... And then you go to watch it, and it's it's been removed from the streaming service, and you're like, fuck, of course it has, you know, because I mm-hmm. wanted to watch it. Like, that does happen, so I'm not saying I buy a lot of physical media anymore, but, it, like, this I felt was money well spent, and it wasn't very expensive, so... And finally, wrapping all this up, I'm closing in on the end of Assassin's Creed Mirage. Um, it's a positive review, but it's too small. It should have been a downloadable content, you know. Um, they try to tell you it's really big, but all it is is just a lot of missions in one city. You know, it's not got the scope of the normal Assassin's Creeds. Uh, it's look, it is good, and I'm enjoying well, it. A lot of people have argued that uh, it, it's it's just uh, uh, it's DLC. Yes. 
that they've turned into... Um, but that is literally what it was, too. It was Originally, it was going to be DLC. That was originally... It was going to be DLC for um, Valhalla, because it's Valhalla's character. And then they broadened it and made it a, a real game. So originally, it was going to be DLC for Valhalla. I don't know if you knew that. Yeah. So, no, I did. That's why I just mentioned that. Yeah, like, but uh, look, I'm enjoying it as a game. I tell you something that really pissed me off. Like, little things sometimes piss me off. I don't know if you've ever noticed this, Rich. But um, I, I, no. was, I went to go play it because uh, obviously I've had COVID. So I haven't been outside in the main room or anything. And then, you know, I've come back out and I've had a couple of play sessions since. And, it, and to be honest, it, I, I was missing it. Like, and I, I got back into it straight away. And um, I was like, the first thing I did once I crawled out from my COVID fucking tomb was play Assassin's Creed. I was like coughing and <laughs> spluttering as I'm playing. But anyway, um, I went to play it yesterday. And on the start screen, it's got continue Bassam's adventures. And I was like, oh, what? There's more downloadable content from this in Assassin's Creed Valhalla. And I was like, fuck you. He's a minor fucking character in Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Like, it, like his fucking adventures, standing in the fucking uh, shop where he gives you scrolls and, and accepts scrolls and gives you fucking upgrades to your items. Yeah, what a massive adventure. You know, like, it's like... Mm. It, dude, it's so fucking pathetic. He's literally like... You know, you know, like, embassies? Like, you know, the American embassy in, I don't know, wherever, in London... He's the equivalent of that, like the Assassin's Creed embassy in the Viking encampment in Valhalla. That is literally what he is. And you go to him when you have scrolls, uh, and he, if you give him enough of these scrolls, he upgrades an item or something. Like that's, you know, and he gives you a bit of backstory. I come from a mysterious land far of the east, blah, blah, blah. Like, dude, he doesn't do belly jack shit other than be the face of the fucking brotherhood, you know? And mm. I was just like... I actually got annoyed. I was—I felt like writing a fucking email going, the fucking adventures of Bassam in Valhalla, very fucking small. <laughs> you know, like, like it really... Sometimes the corporate advertising, it, it seriously... It, I, I, sometimes I understand these anarchists, you know, these fucking clowns who go and, like, want to burn everything down. There's a part of me where I'm like, I understand these fuckers. You know, they, they're just jacked off with the system and they're probably high on drugs. But... I do hate, like, <laughs> what was that? But they got a point. Yeah, yeah, like, that's the thing. Jeez, like, jeez, like, I hate these people, they're wacker jobs, but you know what, they got a point they somewhere. Got a, they got a point somewhere. Like, they, you know, like, I, I get it. Like, you know, that really pissed me off because it's such, it's false advertising. It is because I saw that and thought, oh, wow, they've got more downloadable content for this game because I'm mm. closing on the end of it. And then I went to click on it and I was like, fuck you guys. You're just advertising the game that, we've already all played like you just fuck with basically like and it annoys me and I, I hope someone else out there other than me is annoyed by it and causing some ruckus because i don't have the mental energy yeah. well know. i mean another franchise that's gotten into a bit of trouble recently with their most recent thing is uh total war pharaoh oh yeah where the everyone again is also claiming that that was also supposed to just be dlc you know, it's it's a game that it was supposed to be DLC, and yeah. they just turned it into a full game. There's not enough, not enough content. Da, 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 da. So it's like you know, a lot of companies are just they they starting to take the Mickey now. Where cheap it cheap out. You know, um, yeah, they 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 they're just getting lazy. It seems. Yeah, well, I think Total War, who which I love by the way, everyone knows. I've got. I, I by the way, this week, which I I bought a new hard drive for my computer. I bought a new external drive. 
because my, my, my old hard drive died over the last yes. week. Luckily, I lost no content because it was all backed up to another hard drive. But um, uh, so anyway, when I installed the new drive, I installed like Rome Total War 2, Shogun, which I want to Shogun 2, which I want to play, and Medieval uh, Total War 2, which I also was three quarters of the way through. Now, I love those games more than anything, but I really hate the recent Total Wars outside of Warhammer. Total War Pharaoh and Total War Troy, they, they're, they're not proper Total Wars. They're, they're way more limited. Mm. Which I hate. Like, you, you guys did so well before. Like, why are you going backwards? You know, why are we... We're going smaller scale all of a sudden? Why? Uh, yeah, it's cheaper. Yeah. And less satisfying. Cheaper. You know? Like, it's less satisfying, though. For, for a consumer like, like fuck them I'm not buying it you know oh by the way I also bought um, Baldur's Gate 3 haven't played it yet but I installed it on my computer so oh, yes the the talk of the town so Davey's been making some big decisions is that me kind of branching out Rich at last you're always saying I need to branch out and all that stuff yeah I uh, I'd say that you jump in on the bandwagon thank you <laughs> oh you know I enjoy doing that too you know um, you a, do love a bit of a bandwagon ride. You enjoy it. I, I love it. I love it. I feel like I'm one of the cool kids. It's great. I, and and I can also say, usually I jump in like on the third season or something. Like I'm famous for never ever seeing the start of things. Um, I played Baldur's Gate one and two back in the day, a million years ago. Loved them. And and I when my hard drive when I when I got the new hard drive, it was the first thing I did. I just picked it up off Steam and installed it. Um, I haven't played it yet though. But um, also, I do want to mention, wrapping this up, it's on Apple Music, um, Bob Dylan's Live at Buckerden, uh 1978 uh, concert um, is now available. Uh, the full concert has been released as of today. This was a really good uh, era <coughs> for Bob just before Street Legal got released, but he has a couple of songs from it on there. Um, Buckerden is a famous um, venue in Japan. And the album had been released back in either the 70s or 80s, I don't know when. Um, but it was a much limited version, whereas this is the full version. If it was albums, it would be like a four-album set. You know, obviously it's, it's on digital. Um, yeah, and uh, I, a lot of people would call this um, Bob's Vegas Elvis period because he has a lot of horns, he has backing singers and stuff, but it's actually a beautiful set of concerts. Um, showcasing how much power and momentum he had by the late 70s because he, he had a huge comeback um, in about 74, 75. A big comeback uh, with a big hit album, Blood on the Tracks, then Desire, and then Street Legal. And he toured a lot um, in that era uh, as well. And um, it's a really high point for Bob Dylan. Like, he was really in the groove. And, um, yeah, and I'm really looking forward to really diving into these Man, if I was back in the day, I'd be smoking a big fat joint and listening to this. As it is, I just will chill out and watch it, you know. I don't need that shit anymore, man. But, like, if I was, like, 18, 19 again, I'd be back there. You know, can you imagine it, Rich? Yeah, yeah. I can imagine you. I totally imagine it. It would go on forever as well, because imagine if you took some edibles or something and listened to, like, this four-album set, you'd probably feel like it went on for days, you know? It'd be pretty cool, actually. Um, I'm tempted to do it, except I've got terribly bad lungs from COVID and... Don't really need that shit anymore in my life. And I'd be scared of the ghosts too, Rich. You know, the ghosts and the aliens coming to finally get me. You know? (laughs) (laughs) 
like stirring up the dead spirits. They finally come for me. Yeah, they finally found me. You, you'd find me as well. Um, I guarantee you, if I did that, you'd find me. <laughs> the cliche me back, back again listening to um, Jim Morrison and the Doors when he's like, is everybody in? Let the ceremony begin. And like back when I used to listen to that. And I used to be like, man, John, Jim Morrison's so deep. <laughs> I was like, I was like, wow, it doesn't get any deeper than Jim Morrison. <laughs> so yeah, so and um, <coughs> I've started watching Sinatra Kennedy and the Mafia, which is good. Uh, film, but I feel like I've seen it all before. Um, I'm hoping this this film gives me more information. Um, I do believe in, in this thing that the mafia killed Kennedy, though. Like it's too obvious. Like the way it went down. Like basically, Kennedy was sleeping with um, Sam Giancana's mistress. Uh, tales were told out of school. Meanwhile, Bobby Kennedy, the Ken- the mafia helped Kennedy get elected via his father. And then Kenny got elected a tight election against Nixon. Um, we know all this. This is, this is all fact. And then what happens is Bobby Kennedy w- went on a crusade against the mafia because he was really anti-mafia. So the mafia literally felt betrayed and, you know, it leads to the killing. I mean, I think it, it, it fits together like a fucking jigsaw puzzle. Rich, what do you think, man? Do you think the mafia is behind the killing? Because, I, I mean, I do. I, I don't think it's even that much of a stretch. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, the problem is, is that he also had a lot of political enemies. So it's sure. it's one of those things where uh, there's there's too many. I guess there's too many plausible. But who, who like Nixon and stuff? I don't think they. If if it was Nixon, they would have nailed him for that years ago. No, but make? I mean, he was. You got to remember. I mean, uh, uh, Kennedy was also a little bit more progressive. He definitely was, um, yeah. yeah. And uh, then obviously there's also the Cuban stuff and all that sort of stuff. So I'm sure. just saying, like, yeah. there's a lot of. You know, that's true. You know, actually, I mean, the, Cuba, the, Cuba, the Cuban is considered yeah. a very sort of prolific. Yeah, the Cuban angle is sort of stuff. The Cuban angle is definitely a possibility for sure, because he he fucked over the Cubans. Yeah, for, that's definitely the Bay of Pigs and all that. Love the fallout from that. It's definitely yeah, that's in the mix for sure. Look, in, in fairness, in James Elroy's books, um, which are fictional but cover all this same turf. Now, the Cubans definitely play a role, like, in the whole thing. It's all part of the tapestry, you know, of what went mm-hmm. down. Uh, they really try to pin it on Sinatra. It's like, calm down. Like, he was friends with Sinatra, and Sinatra helped him out with a lot of women. That's basically the Sinatra connection. Like, Sinatra had, an, you know, an easy pass entree to pretty much all the starlets, he, you know, he could have. He was at maximum power in Hollywood, and he opened a lot of doors socially. In that, in that, in that stratosphere for Kennedy, you know that was the extent of their relationship. Other they were pals, they were, they were good buddies, drinking buddies. But you know, pretty much, he was almost like, you know, like I don't want to say pimp, but like almost like feeding Kennedy, you know, starlets in in a sense, and you know, just beautiful women because it was Sinatra. He had access to all of that. So I mean, it's like calm down on the whole. Like Sinatra didn't kill him. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, he gets a bit entangled there because Sinatra had mafia connections and knew mafia people. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, I think a lot of it comes down with Bobby Kennedy's um, pursuit, pursuit of the mafia um, is, is, yeah. is the thing. And 
Obviously, but, then again, but again, another theory is how how much is a lot of this just uh, stuff to smear him to Who? Uh, Kennedy and all that sort of stuff. Like sure. yeah, you, know, yeah, you, yeah. you talk about he's been assassinated, but then there's all these stories about him, and how do we know that any of those sure. stories are true about his sleeping around and all this sort of stuff? Well, you know, I think I, mean, I think some people that killed him are the people that could have. Um, well, he was definitely a woman. He was definitely a womanizer on the record. Like it's not. There's plenty of people who've kind of saw him and with women. Yeah, like, but there's a big difference between like what he is and what they describe. I mean, just because sure. something's a womanizer doesn't mean that they they they're doing half the stuff. I mean, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You could, yeah, exactly, you know. yeah, yeah. You could hi, 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 uh, The problem is, if we're too far removed, that's yeah. that. That's the problem. Yeah, we don't have an we'll actual never... body count on exactly. You know. Also, like, some of it, like, could be totally inconsequential. He may have had a string of affairs that have absolutely no impact at all on his um, assassination. Like, it's quite, you know, he could be yeah, the world's... Well, that's like, what I'm saying. You know, like, there's just too many threads. And, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, and, if Sinatra introduced him to a few... Hook, real. If Sinatra introduced him to a few, like, you know, very hot but, like, minor actresses and he had brief affairs with them, how does that impact on an assassination? That, that's more to smear him politically. You know, um, mm-hmm. if 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 the truth of that had come out at that time, that would have been career ending. But of course, we're in a different era where there wasn't the cell phones. There wasn't there, the the press was a little bit a little bit less intrusive into a president's life, and he could mm-hmm. get a, he could get away with more as president than most presidents now could. You know what I mean? Most. I'm using the word most because obviously we've had some presidents who've got away with a lot, but. In terms of what he was doing, it was easier back then to do that. You know, it was easy to conduct business behind closed doors, etc., etc., which is what Sinatra was. Sinatra was a, a, a you know, giving the keys to the castle in that sense, because that was Sinatra's world. You know, that was that was the world he dominated. That that whole sort of the the elite of the party gatherings in the sixties and stuff and fifties. That was his arena. He was the king of that. So, you know. Anyway, look, it make it, look I'm going to read. I'm going to watch more of the film. It was just in the opening. I was like, I've heard all this before, you know. Um, what I'm hoping is I get more into it. There's more footage from the time. I'm, I'm, I'm more interested in seeing footage of Sinatra and Kennedy together and stuff. I don't know if there's film of that, you know, because mostly what we see is a few photographs and stuff, you know. Because yeah. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. Um, anyway, but um, this was kind of funny. Um, this guy, <laughs> sorry, it made me laugh. This guy who is the voice actor in Baldur's Gate 3, Astarian, says he was saved by games after years of working part-time to make ends meet. And it was this massive article about how he was this actor who just couldn't get any parts. And he turned to voice work and games work and like it was his second lifeline, Rich, and he managed to forge a career. It was kind of funny because it comes at the same time as people are always saying, like, oh, these voice actors aren't paid enough. And they aren't, but... This guy was like, it was better than the zero I was getting before, you know? Mm. Like, he, he just... Well, I'm, I'm glad that worked out for him. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Uh, the Comicsology app is being retired and merged to Kindle. Rich, I think we all anticipated this. I, I logged yes, into so Comic- I don't think I don't think anyone is uh, <sighs> shocked or horrified at this news. <coughs> no. <coughs> they, um, <coughs> excuse me. They um, gutted uh, the Comicsology staff I think uh, early this year, they pretty much got rid of nearly all of it. And, um, I mean, it's not the end of the world. Like, really, all the, all the stuff is available on the Kindle app now. So, 
I mean, I will gradually merge over to the Kindle. All my, all my Kindle stuff is on there, and you can also make your Kindle app look for comics. You, you know, it's got the comic selection, so it's not the end of the world. I, I'm sort of... I, I've heard less uproar about this, I think, because it was so inevitable. Don't you think? Yeah, again, it's it, it's been on the books for um, for quite a while now. I think if, if anyone's been caught by surprise, you've been living under a... A rock for. Well, you haven't been listening to enough signal, either, have you? You know oh, what I mean. Of course. Well, we we sounded the fucking alarm bell y- years ago. We were like in Assassin's Creed when that fucking guy gets to the bell and he starts ringing, calling all the troops in. I was doing an assassination uh, this afternoon, and by the way, Rich, people aren't talking enough about what a good assassin I am. I mean, honestly, some of the shit I'm doing, man, it's fucking unbelievable. I took this well, guy down. Technically, Dave, yep. if no one's talking about you, then you are being a good assassin. I suppose so. But I'd just like to get my press out. Come on, bro. But get this, man. So, okay, I was just, look, I was doing a bit of casual killing. You know what I mean? It was kind of like some of these guards just had to die. And then um, this fuck got to, he rang the fucking bell. It was bullshit as well because all I did was kill a guy miles away. No one saw it and suddenly someone's ringing the bell. And then all the troops that were nearby popped up, but I was in, like, a populated, like, city area. So, like, literally, like, about 40 troops got highlighted. I was like, oh, fuck. (laughs) I was like, forget about, like, uh, trying to stay and fight. I was like, I better get out of here. This area is a bit too hot for me. It it was like in heat. Where the fuck did this heat come from? (laughs) Like, where the fuck did this heat come from? The heat on me was extreme, Rich. And then I had to go back to hiding in a bush for it all to go away. It's often the answer in Assassin's Creed. You go hide in the shrubbery. <laughs> just, uh, pretty much, yeah. Just, just hide there. <laughs> just hide there while, while all the... I, I keep thinking, when are these guards going to realise that whistling them over is a trick? Never is the answer in Assassin's Creed. It always yeah. works. Well, that there, yeah, there's these guys, these Kiwi guys called uh, Viva La Dirtling. They do a lot of those like funny skits with mm. uh, game logic and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And like they've got one where... like. You know, it's like you, the the guard comes over. They go, you know, they throw the things, and he goes, "What's that?" And he goes, and he goes, you know, it's like for the peace of the kingdom. Who's about there? Who's about? And then, and then after a while, he goes, "Must have been the wind." And then, like, just goes back to, like, and you're like, yeah, it's that's exactly what yeah, the AI in so many of these games is is like. You know, yep. what What person in the real world just, like, hears a noise, goes over and goes, must have been the wind. It's he like, goes, yeah, the wind through a rock. And he goes, I know you're out there. And then he just goes back to, yeah. like, doing what he's doing. You can't hide from me. <laughs> yeah, you can't hide from me. Must have been the wind. But what I love is, like, you whistle, and one guy comes over and gets killed, and then you whistle again, and the next guy comes over. It's just like, what are they yeah, saying? He's probably like, Jesus, man, where's Derek? I thought he was going to look into <laughs> yeah. this whistling thing. Where the fuck, where the fuck is this whistling coming from? And yeah, it's pretty funny. It's it's the oldest trick in the book, but it never fails to amuse me when when it, when it works. It's it's beautiful actually. It's a great way to clear uh, levels as well if you've got the patience and stuff. Like <laughs> I don't know how many people I've killed by whistling at them. You know, it's pretty funny. I also enjoy doing it from probably my... probably a whole game uh, uh, civilization. <laughs> yeah. I, I enjoy, like, getting above them as well, and, and then you come down from from a height and just kill them, and then you can get, um, as you go up the level, you sort of assassinate one, and you can do a chain, 
And the other day, I, I was really surprised myself. I went down and killed one. I did a chain of like five. I don't even know how I did it. And I was just like, wow, Dave's really like playing at his best of his ability. It's like when I play tennis every now and then, I'm like, wow, I play well today. Where did this come from? <laughs> like, you, you, so, sometimes when you're playing a game, you, you, you kind of, you, actually, you're playing at a higher level than normal. And you're like, wow, what, what the fuck am I drinking? And something, something, something's happening here. I'm doing stuff I don't well, know. Well, at, least, at least the game's made a good job making you feel like you know what you're doing. <laughs> Rich, I am, no, seriously, like, I'm pretty good at the fucking game. There's not much to it, man. Like, when you break it down in Assassin's no, Creed... Oh, really? When you, break, when you break down Assassin's Creed, like, what you do, you do a lot of running around, jumping up on stuff. Like, you know, it's... Some would say it's repetitive, but, like, it's not the... It's not the most complex of games, honestly. It really isn't. It, it's it's almost a simple. It's quite a simple game, in in a way. It, it's just very beautiful to look at, and it's got a good mechanic. But it, I don't think like the combat system isn't that advanced. You know, it's 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 hit 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 block parry. Par, it's a fairly basic but workable. Like I, I actually think it's quite a simple system, and I mean that in a good way. I think that's part of its appeal. Um. It's not overly complicated, and you can pick up the combat very quickly. Like when you transition from, say, a Witcher or whatever other game, it's a fairly simple style. I, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I and they do very good with their um, their city building and stuff, and their world building. This game is more uh, magnified. Like this game should have been a lot bigger. You know, th- there should have been like several cities instead of just one. Um, but if you, if you, but as a game, it still works, but it, do I prefer it to Valhalla? No, not even close. I'd say this is about as half as good as Valhalla, you know, mm-hmm. this is almost a transitional game. You know, this is almost something in, you know, in between the off seasons. If this is, if Valhalla was the world cup, this is like the champions trophy tw- two years later, you know what I mean? Where you're just playing slightly lower stakes kind of thing, trying to get the, the team together, trying to get them sort of like melded before the next world cup. So anyway. Uh, you've yeah. got, you've got well, some news. Something like that. Yeah, something like that, Rich. Just an analogy, man, that I picked up. Uh, well, you've got something about Sofia Coppola. What's going on? Yeah, apparently she was picking up a little bit of flack because uh, oh, people didn't like her portrayal of... Um, Priscilla? Of Elvis in her Priscilla movie, apparently. I, I've heard that people, people are loving Priscilla, though, the movie. Is that right? That's what I've heard. I, the only thing I've heard about it, which is because it made the my news feed was that she faced a bit of a backlash because people felt that she vilified Elvis. So nothing again, they're not talking about the movie as in the quality, just the portrayal of Elvis. Elvis. It, being look, a bit I love Elvis, but it is a bit of an icky relationship in some ways. Like I think she starts out, she's like 13 and stuff, you know? Um, I mean, I love Elvis, but it's, there's definitely a, um, I don't know. It's, it's Elvis, man. Like it's, there's a little bit of a, I don't know what the word is, like, but you know what I mean. He was quite controlling, is what I'm trying to say, and she was quite young. Is that is that kind of what it is, or what? Is that no, kind of they're complaining that they that her movie vilifies him. Okay, but I'm, I'm just saying, is that why? Like, is I is, don't know the reason. Oh, okay. The, the, well, the movie, the, the article didn't go into spoilers, Dave. I'm sorry. Oh, like, okay. yeah. I wish it would. Oh well. Well, whatever. Like, but but, but you, you would, would you agree with me though? The fact that she was like thirteen or fourteen when he met her, she was very young. I assume that's part of it. You know that she was quite young and stuff. 
And I, I do know that he was very controlling with her, apparently, apparently supposedly, and almost had a few issues, I believe. We're, we're like, I don't know if this is true, okay, because my ex-girlfriend was a big Elvis fan, bigger Elvis fan than I was, actually, at the time, although I always liked Elvis. Uh, supposedly, when Elvis had Lisa Marie with Priscilla, okay, I don't know when that was, but sometime in the 60s, um, supposedly he never had sex with her again, or at least not for a long time, because he felt like you couldn't have sex with a mother. Now, I don't know if that's true. That's what she told me, and she was a big Elvis fan, and I, at the time, thought, man, that's weird. But there was always something a bit strange in the relationship, I think. You know, potentially. So maybe the, maybe the movie is exploring that. But, you know, yeah. Do I care? Not really. Um... You know, I, I, I mean, I enjoyed the movie Elvis. I, I thought the movie Elvis was pretty excellent, actually. Um, you were sort of less hot on it, weren't you, Rich? I thought it was fine. Here we go. Eventually, in 1967, Elvis proposes to Priscilla and the two marry. Their happiness is fleeting, however, as Elvis's career pressures and worsening substitute, substitution, substance abuse negatively affects the couple's relationship. Priscilla quickly becomes pregnant as give birth to their child, Lisa Marie. In early 1968, Elvis is preparing for his comeback special. Priscilla struggles to navigate the relationship as Elvis grows increasingly emotional and volatile, and the two begin leading separate lives. Priscilla spending most of her time in California, becoming romantically involved with Mike Stone, her karate instructor. Uh, while visiting Elvis in his hotel room after performance in 73, Priscilla finds him inebriated, and he makes forceful sexual adventures to her. She later informs him she's filing for divorce. After making a visit to Graceland and saying goodbye to Elvis's housekeeper's grandmother, Priscilla drives away as a number of Elvis's fans loiter outside the property gates. So, that's that. So, you know, it is what it is, man. I mean, who fucking cares? Like, really. You know what I mean? Like, it's a Priscilla documentary, or not documentary, but movie. Uh, do we yeah, need well, it? I mean, I would, I would assume that they're going to, uh, you know... Uh, you're telling the story from different points of view, exactly. so obviously exactly. it's going to be more geared towards being more sympathetic towards her. It would be interesting to see what Priscilla Presley thinks of it because she was very complimentary of the Elvis movie, um, the Baz Luhrmann movie. She she really she said that she really she did a press thing where she was like she really liked the actor, she really liked the movie, blah blah blah. It'd be interesting to see what she thinks of this movie, wouldn't it? Yeah. Uh, well, I'm assuming she must have given them some feedback, though. I mean, I don't know. if you're making a Priscilla movie and she's still alive, I mean... Yeah, well, that's the thing. I assume like, you go to her for... Uh, Priscilla, yeah, let's see. Pri well, it'd be interesting. Priscilla Presley on Priscilla. She, she's going to have to have some reaction. It's kind of weird because normally when these movies come out, the people are dead. You know what I mean? Like the Johnny Cash mm. movie, Johnny Cash had passed away, so had his wife. Like, normally, they're... they're um, here we go. Priscilla Presley was very concerned about Sophia Coppola's Priscilla, but now thinks it's right on. Um, she was all shook up over the biopic, but after seeing the movie, she now has nothing but oh praise God, for the project. That's a fucking terrible pun. Yeah. Look, whatever, man. Like, at the end of the day, uh, honestly, who cares? You know, like, uh, like, I mean, it's all grist for the mill, isn't it? It's all part of the legend. You know what I mean? It's all, mm. it's all sort of... And no, fictionalised maybe isn't the right word, but it's all been sort of kind of half-fictionalised. You know what I mean? Like we feel, like with Sinatra, 
we fill in a lot of blanks that we don't know about. Like, we're not there on the late nights with Sammy and Dean and Frank. So we write our own, our imagination writes itself from the cliches of what we do know, you know? And the sort of, mm-hmm. the, st- the, the tall stories that I'm sure got taller as the years went by as well, you know? Like the tall tales kind of thing. Like, I'm sure some of the stuff Sammy said wasn't probably 100% true, you know, considering he was coked out for like the last 25 years of his life. You know what I mean? Like, you know, and I love Sammy, but, like, let's face it, like, come on. Like, let's try to dial it down a little bit. So, yeah, it's all part of it, man. Like, it's it's this um, thing, you know, they talk about, like, um, you know, uh, like mythology. And mytholo- people say modern mythology, like superheroes and stuff, where I'm always like, yeah, lame, very lame, but okay. But we also mythologize characters from the past and even the recent past like your Sinatras, like your Elvises they they have an element of mythology about them don't you think? Oh they definitely have uh, uh, for sure, I mean we've, we have, yeah, we have created a, a larger than uh, sort of a larger than life yeah uh, telling around them, you know what I mean, like I mean you know, they, they, they are our sort of Hercules and Achilles yes. and yeah. all that sort of stuff and all that because you know uh, human beings we just we love uh, we, we love having idols we just That's love it. having yeah. uh, we love having uh, tall tales and, like you'd and, think Elvis and Sinatra are superhuman in a way the way we mythologize them you would think they're a bit you know obviously they're humans but like the way we remember them I think as well is you think of them in their primes do you know what I mean? Like, when you think of Sinatra, you don't think of Sinatra at 98. You know what I mean? When he's an old man, you know, literally kind of dying. You think of him from the 50s and 60s. You know, Elvis, 50s and 60s. Like, it's like they're enshrined in our memory for these periods of time where they dominated, which was quite a lengthy period of time. But it's funny, I think. There's this window of time that we view them as, I think, in, in the general public, at least, and those who really worship them. I think it's interesting. I... I Look, I would say it's worthy of research, but I'm sure some research has been done and it feels like all of this has been, you know, retold and retold. But I do think it's interesting when you get, like, a Priscilla Presley, who was there, you know what I mean? Like, she saw it all, kind of thing. And you get two movies from different sort of points of view and even different feels coming out so closely together. And she's like, you know, it's interesting. You know, she's not 150. She's got a mind about her, Priscilla. She's a smart woman whenever I've seen her, like... It's interesting that she gives her perspective. She it seems she seems to be more the kind of person she gives her blessing to both. Like it's just easier, you know, mm. which is fair enough, I think, as well. Like I, 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 I never like. I mean, obviously, I knew who Priscilla was on it because I never saw her in a lot of stuff and all that growing up. I was so surprised and shocked when I found out who she was in or who the actress was in uh, Naked Gun. Naked Gun. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I know. Yeah. I, I was just like, oh my god, that's Priscilla. Like, Priscilla what Presley. What a weird thing to sort of see her in as well. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. No, it was, it, it, it was kind of funny that she was in those movies. Like, really? Like, it's crazy. Also, OJ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. we always can't forget, can't forget good old OJ, huh? OJ, yeah. But just a runner, also a slasher. Um, yeah. Uh, allegedly. Allegedly, yeah, allegedly. Alleg- alleged slasher. <laughs> He's still out there hunting for the real killer right now. <laughs> on the Poor golf guy. On the I go- hope he finds them one day he's going to be on the golf course or the bar is where he's going to find them <laughs> they're the only places he goes <laughs> around the yeah, 16th around the 16th hole 
Oh, that's pretty funny, man. Um, oh, gee, what this is this is just sad news. Tiger Watiti says he will not be directing a fifth Thor film, as his schedule is booked up for the next five to six years. Oh. <laughs> All those people who were really hoping he would film a fucking Thor film. Um, I honestly thought that last movie was just so fucking bad. Love and Thunder. I just thought, honestly, people talk about bad Marvel movies. That might actually be my least favourite one. Honestly, I, I mm-hmm. you know, you, you know what I mean. Like people like bitch and moan about like Ant Man three, uh, and fucking, I prefer Ant Man three. Said <laughs> to fucking, I thought Thor: Love and Thunder, considering that I have read the Jason Aaron Thor stuff, the vast majority of it, certainly the stuff they covered in that, and it's so good. And that movie was just so bad. Like, honestly. Like, that movie was embarrassing. And I think you're saying, Rich, that supposedly um, there's going to be another Thor movie with Hemsworth. Is that right? Well, uh, apparently they're in talks. (laughs) Right. That doesn't surprise me. Like, you know, why not? Like we don't well, need what else has he got going for him? I mean, I know he's got the, the extraction movies on uh, Netflix, and then his uh, his um, workout program that he's selling. <laughs> uh, other than that, he doesn't really have anything, does his he? His thigh buster program. Yeah, no, I mean, I but like, yeah, I, I don't see any reason why he wouldn't do another one. Like, why not? And you don't need Tiger Watiti. I mean, they did they did what two movies with Watiti? That's probably more than enough. And then um, he can do. You know, bring another director in. They can do another movie. I, I sort of think like he hasn't died on screen, has he? I don't think he has. I don't remember what happened no. at the end of Thor: Love and Thunder, but he said to be around. Um, I would almost do a more sort of classic Thor, like with still with humor. But I think you could. I, I, I think part of the problem with Watiti is he just went too comedic and too light with material that could have been a bit heavier and a bit more dramatic. Like, in, that's my opinion, you know. He, he, How dare you have an opinion, Dave? Oh, yeah, he, he went very he, light and wacky, which I don't always hate. And, and I certainly liked in Ragnarok, but I felt he, 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 he just took all the gravitas, not, not, not most of the gravitas, he took all the gravitas out of the story in Love and Thunder. And it's Oh, almost- fuck, yeah. I mean, how are you, how are you plan on doing a cancer... Yeah. A cancer storyline... Mm. And then treat it like an absolute yeah. joke. Yeah. I again talk about like not picking the right person for for, for the job. Like, and apparently wow. there was a lot of allegedly a lot of improvisation on set um, as well. It wouldn't surprise me. Does he strikes me as someone who thinks that he's uh, he's funny um, yeah. and and he's off the cuff, yeah, um, kind of thing and all that. So it wouldn't surprise me that uh, that. that that's, I mean, improvisation can work, but it also can go horribly wrong. Like, not everyone should be allowed to improvise their fucking scenes, you know? So, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, it can certainly be, it can certainly be a, crush, a crutch as well. Yeah. What to do when there's no script? Getting actors like Hemsworth to start improvising, it's like, yeah, maybe stick to the script, Chris. You know? Yeah, well, yeah. look, it's not... Look, if everyone could improvise, then it wouldn't be a talent. Yeah. You know, yeah. It, it takes a special... I think I think it takes a special talent yeah. to 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 improvise well, and even uh, you know, as much as people like love Will Ferrell and all that, they just they also showed you with Anchorman two. Oh yes, that was horrible. How you know you're not always funny when you improvise. Anchorman two 
was so fucking bad compared to how good that first one was, you know? Like, that first mm-hmm. movie was just really good, you know? Um, oh, by the way, there's a... Um, if For those who might be interested, there's a uh, Trinity sale on Amazon now where you can pick up a ton of Batman, Superman, and uh, I assume Wonder Woman um, digital trades and stuff, Rich. There's tons going on. Batman and Squire, Rich, worth getting? Uh, Night and Squire? Mm. By Paul Cannell? I don't know. It's the it's the British Batman. I yeah, I can't I, say it's high on my list. No, yeah, probably the wrong person to ask. Actually, when I think about it now, now that I now I'm regretting asking you because I'm like, yeah, <laughs> with your fucking prejudice against Batman. Let's face it, it's ridiculous. Well, my fault. No, it is. Definitely is. Um, Why? I don't write the character. How's it my fault? <laughs> no, you're prejudiced against. Yeah, you're holding but, the prejudice. They give me, but the people who write it are the ones who make me. So it's sure. my fault. So. All the Batman writers, excluding Chuck Dixon, surely. Come on. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Sorry, Chuck. <laughs> oh, you're taking, you're taking love, shots. Chuck, mate, love. Hey, listen. Love, love Nightwing. Chuck's run Nightwing. <laughs> Phenomenal. But Batman. Sorry, I could live it. Oh, I know you could, Richard. That's why we love you. Um, I couldn't. <laughs> I couldn't let Batman. I'd be like, no, I'd be like, no, I need to take him. <laughs> now, Marvel Comics. I don't even understand this, really. It's been sold off, sort of. The Marvel Comics, <coughs> within the Marvel books, has been acquired by Darius Agar, the minotaur from Immortal Hulk, who ran Roxon. Apparently, he intends to use the company to rewrite history. Um, and some pictures were included by Michael Kellishim of this. It shows this, like, sort of minotaur character holding copies of Marvel Comics and stuff. Um... It's written by Al Ewing, who is not subtle in his usage of comics to further his political agenda. Is this his way of criticising Disney? Is Bob Iger really a satanic minotaur? Um, it's kind of funny, though, that he did that. I mean, it's look, it's a bit of fun, like, honestly, isn't it? Really, Rich, don't you think? Like, do you reckon... Oh, what, so. do you, what, what do you... <laughs> like, that's interesting to me, though. Like, what do you think corporate thinks of that? Do they think... Because I would almost imagine corporate thinks... Either one or two things. They're either going to overreact or they're just going to, it's going to be so beneath their pay grade, which is what I think it would be. Like, they're selling so few issues, it's creating almost no waves that it's sort of like whatever, you know? And if that managed to make the papers, you know, and the news cycle, they'd be happy. That's almost what I think corporate's like. They don't give a fuck, basically, other than if it did briefly, you know, hit the news cycle and create a bit of heat. Or, or they don't get it and it goes completely over their head. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, you know, that's what, yes, exactly. They don't even know about it, you know, kind of thing at all. Like, yeah, that's funny, man. Um, As for Superman Legacy, writer-director James Gunn recently confirmed the movie remains on schedule to release on July 11, 2025. He confirmed this just after the SAG after it ended its labour strike. Um, Some thought the film might be delayed, but Gunn said this was not the case. Um... Yeah, good. It's it's happening, man. July 11, 2025. Uh, put it down in your calendars. Superman, back, Rich. Uh, if I must. Come on, man. Come on, buddy. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta get back up off the floor, man. You can't let it knock you down. You know. It's not about how hard no, you get. I don't exactly give me much reason to. Uh, Superman. Uh, to to want to uh, come back. So I mean, what about Superman, dude? Come on. Yeah, but it's Superman written by James Gunn. I need way more motivation than that. <laughs> Do you think he's going to get a bit wacky? 
Surely his wife's going to get a role as well, I would imagine. Oh, fuck yes, I'm sure. I'm sure well, she's, she's already in the universe, so yeah. she's probably going to play... She'll probably somehow have a cameo, I mean, and it'll be like, this is tied to the other show. <laughs> like, I mean, nepotism, much. Like, like seriously, she's like a package deal. Like, whatever the fucking shitty get turns up in, she's like, uh, she gets a role. She probably grinds his gears like nothing else to make sure she gets it too, you know? Yeah, I mean, look, at least uh, at least Adam Sandler is uh, up front. Yeah. That he likes to make movies with his friends and he puts all of his friends in his movies. You know what I mean? At least it's like, hey, say what you want about the guy. He's fucking up front about... Uh, sure. He's up front about that, at least. So yeah. I don't know if the same can be said for James Gunn. <laughs> no, look, I, I, I must admit, I will be interested to see what this movie is like. You know, it, 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 I, I just have no idea, uh, like... With, with him I, I, I swear to god I hope he doesn't lean too hard into the humour you know I don't mind a, I don't mind a bit of humour but I don't want humour to be the thing that I remember Superman Legacy for you know like I really hope that they sort of dial into sort of the uh, in the meat of the story I guess is what I'm trying to say you know yeah I hope so too we'll see Rich I don't like, know I just I just want charming that's all charming. I want charming I just I want Superman to be charming and you know uh, and and affable, but you know, but I don't want him to be a pushover. I'm not looking for a Boy Scout, but I don't want like a an edgy or anarchy or sorry, snarky or you know what I mean. Like yeah. I don't want any of that. Like just keep your snark to yourself. Is that right, Rich? Yeah, pretty much. Keep your sn- hit the road if you're going to be snarky, please. Hit the road, Jack. Hit the road. Don't come back. Come back. Yeah. Wowee. All right, man. I'm feeling it now. Now, Richard, I'm giving you the next news item. You've got some big news about Denzel Washington, which I know you're, exci- you I know you're excited to read, man. Yeah, we were having quite the, uh, uh, discussion. the discussion slash argument about this. Oh, dear. <laughs> T- tell us again what uh, it was, because I forget what we were so arguing about. Basically, if, uh, I think it's a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a movie about Hannibal uh, uh, Barker, which obviously is Hannibal. The, oh, Hannibal from the, the Punic Wars. Yeah, from the, the you know the scourge of Rome. From yeah, from well, he caused some real problems for Rome, actually. Yeah. Um, and anyway, so it's obviously like sort of it's a you know maybe it's like a Troy movie or something like that that's got to do with uh, uh, him. Okay. The only issue is uh, they've cast Denzel Washington. As a uh, 30-year-old uh, uh, Hannibal Barker. That's right. Now I remember it. That's exactly right. Yeah, and you weren't happy about that, were you? Um, well, I mean, one, he's 70. That, well, that was where <laughs> I was thinking. I was... Because Denzel, I love Denzel, but in Equalizer 3, he's certainly looking... If not 70, he's looking a lot older than he looked 10 years ago. You know? He's looking older now. Which, yeah, yeah, it happens. We get older. I mean, yeah. I'm not, certainly not having a go at the guy for being, for getting old. No. <laughs> Sadly, it happens to the best of us. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that I'm going to give you a free pass uh, on being cast in a movie that you should not be in. Yeah. An untitled um, epic drama. Also, I've got to be honest with you. I'm just, it's so, I'm really getting a bit, you know, it's, it's, it's been happening a lot lately. You know, you've got all those British shows with, mm. Uh, uh, black queens, you know. Oh, like Bridgerton uh, and stuff is what you're talking about. Yeah, and then you've also got like uh, recently there was a BBC show where Achilles was black, really? um, even though you know obviously he was described as blonde hair. And uh, what did Cleopatra recently? 
uh, black and all that. And it's it's weird to me that they think now that when they're making something like based on ancient, uh-huh. that just means well, we just got to cast a black person because you know ancient. <laughs> I'm just reading here for for Denzel Washington. This is about um, Carthage. The development brings back a project he wanted to star in more than 20 years ago, but Fox wanted to make it at a time when Washington didn't want to be away from his kids for an extended period. So there you go. So it was 20 years ago he was... Um, yeah, I mean, sure, I guess. He I may know. have looked still fine then. I'm sure he would have. Like, I don't know. It's interesting. I, I don't really have a problem with the Denzel. Like, I, I mean, I think he's a great actor. I, I, I love Denzel, man. Like, he's been in some great movies. But I don't I, I don't care. I don't care the if they're... Actor, though. I, I, what I don't care is the, the racing doesn't bother me, honestly. I, I don't think uh, it's It bothers me. Um, yeah. I feel like I feel like we are blackwashing history at the moment. Well, we the thing was we were discussing because obviously, I mean, I, I know a bit about it. Uh, Carthage in North Africa, they used. I mean, they obviously conquered Libya, um, Spain, and I know he their army con- consisted of a lot of Libyan and Spanish mercenaries, and they used a lot of mercenaries in general. Carthage, but. They have a lot of Spanish troops, uh, Hannibal did, and uh, Libyans and stuff as well. Uh, my knowledge of their exact skin colour, of the Carthaginian ruling class, would tend, I would have thought more, um, uh, I'd almost imagining like Arabic, you know, um, that kind of skin tone. Um, yeah. Well, they're Phoenicians, right? Like, mm. they could be a little bit olive. They could be a little bit yeah. tan. Yeah, well, that's but what I'm Phoenicians thinking. Phoenicians yeah. still have, like, you know, the, the, that's Greek background. It's, it's you know... Yeah, but, like, do we care that much? Like, I mean, it's, they're from okay, Africa. Okay, here's the thing. Individually, do I care? No. <laughs> but when it's when it's, it's movie and show after show after, you know, like, right. when it's 20 in a row, then, yes, I do... Okay. I have an issue, Dave, because okay. you're looking at it of the, oh, do we really care about this one casting? And it's like, no, In on an individual level, I don't care. Right. On a mass level, yes, I'm starting to care yeah. that we've got a double standard where they say that, you know, oh, well, if you're making a you know, movie about Egyptians, you can't cast a white person, you know right. what I mean, to play an Egyptian because that's just ridiculous. Yeah. But then you can cast a black person and it's like, well, it's it's in Africa. And it's like, well, that. <laughs> That's that doesn't make any sense. Like yeah, yeah, you yeah. can't you can't have this double standard. As I said, if you're going to make the movie, uh, you need to find someone. If, if that's the rule, if the rule is you need to cast someone who fits the description or the the background, then it works both ways. Yeah, you don't, you don't get to 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 swing that cudgel and then go. Oh no no, but it doesn't apply when when we want a a, a, a black person to to to, to have the role. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, that's my issue is I, I feel it. like there's a double standard at the moment. Oh, well, there probably is a bit. Um, I, I guess the argument would be, uh, like, if there is an argument, I, I don't know. I think the thing here is, like, honestly, I, I think they're just dumbing it down. And they're like, Carthage is in Africa. Denzel Washington's a big name. He was attached to the project 20 years ago. Cast him. You know, I, I, I don't think the thinking goes far beyond that. I think it's pretty basic thinking. You know, I, I, and I also think if, if they think about it, they're like, a lot of people have no idea what skin colour Hannibal is because it wasn't, because it's such a long time ago and the Romans didn't differentiate in terms of skin tone the way uh, later society did. You know, they, they didn't actually... Dave, Dave, that, you know what, Dave, that is so very true. They didn't. But guess what? 
it was almost impossible for you as an African to be someone of power in Rome. Like, if you were, sure. you were one in a fucking million. No, no, mate. Like, no, yeah, I agree. But but I'm just saying, they against their enemies and stuff, that too, they didn't. They they viewed everyone as barbarians and et cetera. Yeah, and like, if you if, yeah, if you weren't, if you weren't Roman, yeah. you were a barbarian. Like, yeah. unless you... Well, it's the same as China. China looked down on you unless you equaled or, or rivaled their... Yes. Their empire. And that's the same with the Romans. The Romans had zero respect for you if... Yeah. If you weren't even close to their level, if you exactly. weren't close to their level, you were like, you're a barbarian. Uh, and they you're... certainly fought. Um, there was a there, there's a king, uh, Nicomodus or something. His name I, I know that's not his name, but there's an African king that eventually they beat in the early Republic, who gave them a few problems, and they eventually threw him into the prison beneath Rome, like the dungeons. Um, mm-hmm. It's in um, uh, God, it's in Colin McCulloch's book. First, the first man in Rome was when I first read about it, but it is based on a historical battle. There was a major African kingdom that they did clash with very heavily. Um, this is in the uh, actually no, it's it's in sort of the late Republic, and they beat him completely by the end. But he did cause them a few problems, like you know he was a full African, black African king and stuff. Yeah, look, I'm, all I'm saying is I don't. My bigger problem, if I'm being honest, is just the age of Denzel. And the fact is that Hannibal, in his glory days, would have only been in his 20s and 30s, maybe 40 by the time of the Punic War. After that, he's far more of a minor factor. He, he, he goes back to Carthage after the war, which they lost in the end. Um, he eventually gets exiled from there because Rome's so busy um, monitoring them, you know. And mm. he becomes kind of a general for hire and does a couple of right, things up. He just becomes, yeah, he becomes a mercenary. Yeah, and and honestly, he's a man on the run, you know, uh, really, and and yeah, he has like yeah, some because the Carthaginians basically just sold him out. They were like, yeah, uh, well, you're right. I think we've made our we've made our uh, thing. We don't fear Rome anymore. Like we've given them a bloody nose, and then pff, got wiped off the face of the planet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and assaulted, burned to the ground, not exactly. even surviving. So what I'm what I'm trying to say is there isn't that much interesting material that you could really base a whole movie on after the Punic Wars, other than if you were doing like a retro look back. No, no, no. It's definitely going to be about probably his initial. Um, uh, the the movie will basically be about him uh, taking the taking troops. Rome to the brink and yeah. then being probably betrayed or sort of cast aside by the the Carthaginians, and then that's it. That's basically going to be like his story of, oh, you know. How yeah. awesome he was, and then how they fucked it all up. I mean, yeah. that's that's how I would make the movie anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, it's interesting. Um, yeah, interesting casting. Uh, I think for probably slightly different reasons, where I, I'm sort of a bit dubious, but at the same time, I will watch it. I do like Denzel in anything, and I do love a, a period flick. I'm going to watch. Um, I think by next week, hopefully, Rich, that um, Napoleon will be out. Hoping so. Yes, it should be out next Thursday, twenty. Okay. Well, I might make an effort to try to watch it on the Thursday if I can, um, and then we can do a review of it the next day. If not, it'll be the week after. Mm. We'll do the review. Um, I'm yeah, looking yeah. forward me to and, that. Me and Alicia, we're going to try and we we're someone yeah. to try on Thursday, but good. Next week it's Black Friday, unfortunately. So. Oh, okay. What does that mean? The shopping. Oh, yeah, it's a big whole... Yeah, that's the funny thing about Black Friday in Australia. So it's not a one-day sale, it's a whole fucking week. Okay. 
so we'll maybe sh- change the show time. Is that what you're saying? We can do that if you want. No, 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 no. I just might be working a bit later. Okay. On Thursday or something, which means I won't be able to go oh, see before the show. All right. Well, anyway, well, that's fine. We, then we'll, we'll do the review the week after. That's it's not a problem. But anyway, the point is, I do love a uh, historical pick. I, I do love those oh, things. Who doesn't, mate? Yeah, who doesn't? I do. And w- when we were, we weren't really arguing. We were more sort of tossing it around. Because I kind of agree with you for different reasons. But, um, gee... The worst. What do you think the worst example of casting is for a historical figure? Mine has to be John Wayne as Genghis Khan. I mean, that is fucking laughable. It is. Oh it's yeah, yeah, funny. And what? Well, yeah. And and the point I was making to you is that like we look at that and go, that's ridiculous casting. But then we'll turn around and cast a a, a black guy. But can I say this? It was also so, horribly acted by John Wayne. Horrible. Well, of course, it was, was completely the wrong person. But let's be honest: even if we cast anyone, <laughs> any actor, even any actor of, of repute, sure, as Genghis Khan, we'd still be mocked and laughed at today. Oh yeah, but I, but I reckon you like. Obviously, I, I don't know if you've seen this. They did a, um, they, I think the Mongolia did a film about the young Genghis Khan. I've got it on on Blu-ray. It's actually really good. But it's his early, early years. It's it's really his rise to power. Uh, and it's played by, I think, a Mongolian, like, if not Mongolian, I'm thinking it probably is a Mongolian, but it's a Central Asian person. It's fantastic. Like, that's how I think it should be done. But if you were looking back at The Conquerors, I think it was called back in, like, what, the 60s? Um, what about, um, you got to laugh at this. You, I know you will laugh at this. But why not? I would have picked almost a Shakespearean actor, you know? And, no, but, but that's it. If you pick anyone, even... If the best actor, if they're white, it's a ridiculous cast for Genghis Khan. Like it is, but but back then you could get away with it, you know. And back then you would even have been allowed to yellow the skin and stuff, you know. Back 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 then. I'm not saying now. I'm saying back then you, you, they that's what they used to do, you know. Um, yeah, and I'm just saying, and we mock them for it now, but de- then we'll turn around and say, no, but it's fine if Denzel's cast as Hannibal. <laughs> like, what do you mean? Well, it's I not think the Den- same thing. And you're like, well, of course it's the same thing. It's similar. It's similar, yes, but I do think Denzel as Hannibal will be less egregious than John Wayne as Genghis Khan. I, see that, I guess that's where you and I disagree. I yeah. don't. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's the same issue. And, and especially, also, you know what? I think it's just as ridiculous because name me a movie that Denzel Washington has been in yes. where he doesn't play it like Denzel Washington. Just name me one movie... That Denzel's in where I've got he's one. not doing his mannerisms like I, Denzel. I've got does. one. I've got one. Glory. Very early film. No, watch it. Watch it. it. He still's got that swagger. <laughs> well, I he don't still know. has I, that I Denzel know. swagger in that movie. I've seen all his movies. I, I I get what you're saying. He he has a style. Yeah. He has a style. Yeah. He's not a he's not let's be honest. He's an actor, he's not a thespian. He doesn't he, mm. you know what I mean? He's not like mm. um He has a certain oh, style. Christ. Oh, shit, I can't remember the guy's name. Uh, Daniel Day-Lewis. He's no Daniel Day-Lewis. Mm, I think he's a pretty good actor, though. Um, again, actor, but again, Tom Cruise is a good actor, but that doesn't mean that, yeah. you know, uh, I'm going to go watch Tom Cruise do Shakespeare. Has, did Denzel play Othello? Because I feel like he yeah, did. Yeah, he did. He did. Yeah, he did. Yeah, okay. Um, I don't know. He, look, he's... he's, look, com- he's I have is that he's like... Denzel Washington is like um, Christopher Walken. He's like yeah. Al Pacino. He's like De Niro. He has these mannerisms that they are just now. Sure. They're just so part of who he is and yeah, how yeah. he acts that you can't separate them. No. 
Yeah, I I agree with that. Yeah, I agree with that. That's true. He is. I mean, I watched him in Equalizer three recently, and I and I I was I was impressed. You know, I thought he did a good job. But but it is no. But he's always good. He's he's got a very a lot of good action movies out. Yeah, yeah he does. Um, he was good in um a movie. I tell you, a movie where he was a bit different. Oh, God, I'm trying to think what movie it was. He was kind of much fatter than normal, and he was like a train controller or something. It, it, oh, you shit! I think yeah, I know that. I know it the might have been the taking of Pelham one, two, three. With Chris Pine, in it? or is it? Oh no, no, yeah, yeah. It's the take. I think it's yeah. You're right. Sorry. In that one, yeah. but he still had a swagger, but it was different. He was more kind of fatter and geekier than normal, you know. But he definitely still had a swagger. So I, I get your point. I mean, he has a style, you know. Like most of these guys do, you know, in general. Yeah, and I generally don't have a problem because he's not exactly doing, um, you know, uh, Daniel Day Lewis type of. I can, I can imagine how he'll do. He'll do Hannibal pretty cheesy, I reckon. You know, like he'll be a lot of inspirational. Like, Let's do it, kind of thing. We're gonna do it. We're yeah, gonna do probably. it. We're gonna go in and cross. I mean, that's down. usually why people like doing period history pieces. But he's, can you imagine Denzel kind of doing his little kind of speech? Um, what about a hurricane? He was pretty good in that. Again, watch it again, Dave. You need to watch the stuff. I've seen it. I've seen it. No, no, watch it more recently okay. because you probably are so used to him that you don't even realize when he's doing it. Hate put me in here. Love's going to bust me out. <laughs> and in a very Denzel Washington way. Imagine if, if he's like Hannibal, his assemblage of like all his other quotes. He's like, Hate put me in here. Love's going to bust me out. We're going to cross those mountains, boys. We're going to cross those mountains, okay? <laughs> and then he does it. Crosses those mountains, gets on that, gets on that elephant. <laughs> I mean, I can see him doing Hannibal. I, 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 I'm kind of falling in love with the idea now because I, I like Hannibal as well. So I'm glad an actor who I likes doing it. But um, uh, what I said to you was, what I said to you was, I was surprised. I'm not that surprised I went with Denzel for the reasons already said, but I was surprised I didn't go more Hispanic and went with like uh, everyone's favorite Pedro Pascal. Um, yeah, you, I, I said uh, because I'm old school. I said Antonio Banderas, but you were like, I was like, oh yeah, uh, Antonio Banderas is also a good choice. Um, yeah, but yeah. I agree with you. It, it, if you're talking about now, again, because uh, also Antonio's too old. He's old. Yeah, yeah. I'm so I'm, I'm actually surprised that they didn't go. But then, as we just found out, it's more of a passion project that's kind of been done by yeah Denzel. So. Yeah. He's so not Denzel, giving that up to anyone. He's not giving up the role of Hannibal. He's not going to play Hannibal's father. He's like, fuck no. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, Denzel, as, as Pedro Pascal's father, you'd be like, what am I watching? <laughs> what kind of mixed marriage is this? <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny, man. Um, wow, a Madame Web trailer has been released, Rich. Um, I've seen it. Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, as soon as you start watching it and the and the Billy Eilish music kicks in, you're like, yeah. "Oh, this is going to be shit." Yeah. <laughs> Billy Eilish. One as for the soon kids. as the Billy Eilish music just kicks in there, you're like, "Oh, this is going to be a shit movie." And I watched the trailer, and it is so fucking awful. It is so mm. early two thousands, yeah. like nineties fucking superhero movie again, but yeah. not in a good way. No. Which, yeah. by the way, is how the Craven movie feels as well. It feels like, you know, uh, 
it just feels like the wrong time. I, I, I am interested in seeing Craven, though. I will, I will watch Craven. Um, Madam Web, I will say this, is hot as fuck. You know? I will say that about Madam That Sydney Sweeney character, Jesus Christ, Richard. Have you, have you seen the woman playing her? Well, I just watched the trailer. Dave. She's amazing. Hard for me not She's to amazing, her. man. She's amazing. Man. Uh, okay. Oh, holy Jesus! I'm looking at her right now. Wowee, that's a lot of woman right there. Jesus Christ! You, like, it's like you've never seen a woman in your life. Like, wow. <laughs> I just, no, like, I, I have. Mean, there's been so many better looking women than that, and you just, you are like, <laughs> I'm like Dave. Like, do you not see that many women? I do. Like, I see a lot, but uh, but she caught my eye, man. She caught my eye. What can I say? She caught my eye, Richard. She's eye-catching. Adam Webb fully fucking webbed me. I'll tell you that much. Um, but the movie's going to have to be a lot bigger and better than just that. You know what I mean? Because I, the, the the point I was, the point I put out there was, uh, I think Dakota Fanning's in it as well, or someone like that's in it. I, I, Dakota Johnson. I definitely didn't see Dakota Fanning. No, Dakota, maybe Dakota Johnson. I don't know. There's some. There's some other chick in it. Yeah, that maybe that name. And I be. said, what if the movie just kicks off with like a ten minute lesbian scene? And, and that was my. Wow. Yeah. That was what I thought, Rich. That was, that was your contribution. Huh? That was my contribution, Rich, on a different podcast. <laughs> um, they keep inviting you me. Thought, you know what? I need to bring that here to Signal. I do, yeah. I just Well, I remembered it because that was my contribution then and, and I thought I hit it out of the park at the time. Um, reaction was a bit muted. Reaction was a bit like, well, what's Dave on? <laughs> was it a bit like, hmm, Jesus, Dave? It was just kind of like Dave's off the chain again. You know, he's off the chain. He's, he's just saying whatever when comes you, into his can I, ask you, can I ask you a question? When Can you tell me when you are on the chain? Like, I'd <laughs> really? like to meet that day. Really? Like to... really, man. Since I survived COVID and fallen through that stair, I'm... What do you mean since? Don't come with this bullshit of, like, this is something new. <laughs> now, since I survived COVID and fallen through that stairwell, I'm unfiltered, man. I'm unfiltered. I just say as it comes in and it comes out, you know? It's just in and out. For I didn't need now. COVID for that, but anyway. I'm just saying, if they put a 10-minute lesbian scene at the start of the film, it'd be pretty fucking tasty. I just licked my lips when I said it. That's pretty sad. Wow. Oh. Yeah. I don't know. We'll just, we'll just, we'll just have to see what happens there. But that's, that's my hopes. Um, the hopes room, and dreams, apparently. <laughs> hopes and dreams for Dave. Dave's hanging on to a thread for Madam Webb. Um, do you think there'll be a topless scene in it, Rich? Is it? Can we? Can we get that lucky? Can we get that lucky, Richard? You mean, can you get that can, lucky? Can we I don't know why you're bringing me into this. No, but, like, come on, man. Like, this movie's got nothing fucking going for it other than that. Man, no one gives a fuck about Madame Webb, dude. Let's be brutally fucking honest. No one cares about Madame Webb, dude. Not even Spider-Man fans care about Madame Webb, you know? And, like, it's like, just give me something to remember, please. And that needs to be sexual, you know? Does it need to be <laughs> For me, it does. Yeah, it needs to be debased. You know what I mean? Like, maybe not debased. No, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna withdraw that comment. No, it doesn't need to be debased. Tasteful. Let's keep it tasteful, ladies. You know. You. I'm just curious. You. You do know that they invented porn, right? I know, but I like to kind of bring okay. it into no, the normal. I'm just I'm just, uh, I like just, to bring it into the normal kind checking. of movies. I like to kind of spice up the normal movie as well, especially when the normal movie sounds like it's going to be so fucking boring, man. Like you know, like Madame Web. It's like just the thought of Madame Web normally puts me to sleep. You know. Anyway, let's get off Madame Web before I say something I can regret <laughs> if I haven't already. 
Yeah, I was going to say, what do you mean? Like and I do want to withdraw my comment about it being debased. It doesn't need to be debased. That was that was a, that was an objectionable comment from me, and I'm deeply ashamed. Not, I don't believe you. Not very deeply. Um, okay, the rumor mill, Richard, and God knows we love the rumor mill. I love to create my own rumors on that mill as well. Um, Marvel will be dropping the Kang storyline, I guess, due to the ongoing issues with old Jonathan Majors. We haven't heard much of him recently. Um, and the speculation is they're replacing him with Doctor Doom. Well, I fucking hope they do replace him with Doctor Doom. That'd be much better than Kang. Yeah, yeah. So that's yeah, that's been the that's been a little bit of the talk of the the rumor mill is that uh, they because uh, again, it is weird to me that like, um, <sighs> yeah, they haven't done really anything. Mm. Um, like since that, you know what I mean? Like they like uh, with the, this Marvels movie now, there's no tie-in or no tie-in with Kangy. Or, or anything like that, and you ha- you have to think to yourself, you have to like, well, what is going on? Like, I mean, what do you know what I mean? Because they would always kind of tease something maybe l- related to. Well, they tease Thanos. Beast. They tease Beast. What's it? I'm sorry. What's that got to do with Kang? I'm, you, Not much. Sorry, but you said that, that I'm, I'm lost there. Okay, I'll explain. You said you said they're not mm. teasing anything. I said they teased um, Beast. I didn't say anything. I said they're not teasing anything Kang related, Dave. I didn't yeah, say true. anything. Well, then I agree with you. Okay, well, c- carry on. Yes, I agree. So I'm just. Yes, yeah, so I'm just. I'm, I'm just saying, for such a big bad, um, the only thing he's really shown up in is Loki and and Ant Man, and it's like, yeah, you're supposed to be, you know, this guy's supposed to be the next big bad. Yeah. But yet, what what what's the threat? Because he's not really doing anything. Exactly, man. Well, you know, maybe they're waiting to see what happens with the court case as well, you know? Yeah, but you can't. Like, I mean, although although I, I believe that they are now not going to be releasing multiple movies a year, so right. maybe they've got time to wait for the court case now. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, be interesting. Um, yeah, you know, and... Um, oh, by the way, um, Tash, uh, a friend of the show, Tash, did see the Marvels, and she sent me... <laughs> excuse me, a review, which I'll read out. Um, Okay. All right. So I said to her, I want a full description. Your review will be posted on Signal. And she said, we'll do, Captain. Um, She said, sick. I love the movie. It was so fun, and the chemistry between the girls was great, and Kamala is amazing. So much fun, most fun I've had in a movie in ages. She said, look, it was just a lot of fun. I really had a good time watching it. There you go. Oh, and I said... um, Describe Kelsey Grammer's cameo. Was it a blast seeing B? She said, oh my God, I got so excited. So there you go. She enjoyed it. She enjoyed yeah. it. She's a big Captain Marvel fan though. At the way. end of the day, that's all that matters. And she's a huge Captain Marvel fan. Like, she loves that stuff, you know? Yeah, but I mean, that's... I mean, I'm a huge Green Lantern fan. That doesn't mean that I enjoyed the Green Lantern movie. <laughs> sure. Very true, Rich. Good point, man. I'm just gonna. I'm not saying that means that she. Ha- I'm just saying that doesn't mean just because you're a fan of something doesn't mean that you should automatically. Yeah, uh, well, you can be uh, disapp- like you, can, you can be a fan and be disappointed by movies. I, I've it certainly happened to me. Batman and Robin, the fucking um, movie. Uh, Joel Schumacher. I mean, yeah, if she if she enjoyed it, that's she enjoyed it. Yeah, she gave it a high school. I mean, I'm not hearing that many good. Let's go to Metacritic. Things about it. Let's go to Metacritic while we're here. It's certainly not doing well at the box office. By the way, there's a Super Mario RPG out, Rich. Are you aware of this? It's got an 83. It's a, it's a, it's a remaster. It's a remake of the original, yes. Okay, cool. Um, the Hunger Games prequel is sitting on a 52. 
Um, I do want to watch that on streaming. I actually, I'm actually going to watch the last two movies again because I've forgotten the last two movies. So I want to watch those before I see it. Uh, now, what am I looking at? The Marvels. It's called, yeah? The Marvels. We're, we're waiting for streaming for it. Michelle and I had a discussion and we were just like, we'll wait for streaming and watch it. You know, and then we'll do a review. Napoleon's got a 66. Marvel's sitting, it's the same score as it was last week. It's sitting on a 50. So that mm. seems to be the critical consensus is split right down the middle. Um, and user score is 3.6 out of 10. So it's got a very generally unfavourable um, user score. I believe it had a B cinema score, which is generally considered, you know, obviously very second tier. Um, so it's very, yeah, it's not overwhelming praise or anything. And I do believe it's still struggling at the box office. So it's going to be interesting to see how Marvel... Almost, it's almost hard to imagine that the uh, first movie did a billion dollars. <laughs> well, yeah, different time period, though. Um, the, the people... Oh, come on, Dave. No, I mean, no, I mean, the, no. The after making a billion dollars should be so popular, bro. Like, no, I know, but like what, I, what, I, what, what I mean is that the, the hunger... I mean, this movie's making no money. I'm looking at it. Look, it's on 116 million worldwide. It made 53. That's after a week. I mean, it's, that's terrible numbers, you know, for, for a mainstream movie. I mean, this, like, honestly, this movie could gross less than 300 million worldwide by the time it finishes. Seriously, with those numbers, I'm, I'm telling you that, that they're, they're actually terminal numbers, you know, for a major Marvel movie. I think we were. I think we'll comfortably. Both of us said we predicted it'll make less than five hundred million worldwide. I think we'll win that bet, Rich. Seriously, I, I think there's. Oh, a, yeah, yeah, I think yeah. there's even a chance. I'm not saying definite. There's a chance it might even get less than three hundred million worldwide. So it's it's bombing. No, my point wasn't. But can, but can I just say something? I mean, they've they've generally got only themselves to blame because. Sure. I mean, again, there's they are in such a rush. To, and, and they've got no plan because the, Captain Marvel has only had one movie, right? Yep. And yet we're supposed to believe that this Miss Marvel character is her biggest fan. And it's like, I could understand that if it was Captain America and he's had three movies, you know what I mean? Or at least two movies. Mm. And, and he's been around and obviously then the Avengers movies. And then I could understand that there's this person who just fucking loves Captain... You know what I mean? Loves yeah, Captain America... Yeah. Whatever, but it's 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 very unbelievable that you don't know anything about this Captain Marvel, but yet she's got this like uber fan, and you're like, I feel like you you haven't worked towards this. You well, know, it's in mean? the like, show. It's in the show. Um, we watched the no, show, but no. <laughs> I get your point, though. I get your point. You're saying uh, it's not really deserved. I'm saying her the the doesn't matter if it's in the Miss Marvel show the adoration that this character has yeah, yeah. for Miss Marvel is unwarranted because she hasn't done anything. Yeah, I get it. It's it, you know unless the only way I could look at it is don't give me the off-screen bullshit. Like that's that's uh, the look, worst I, thing you can do is do off-screen. No, I'm not really excusing. It. I get your point. I get your point. I mean, look, dude, they all they're trying to do honestly is link together them because they've got a fucking name. You know, and, and they just... It's the shortest possible route possible. Um, I guess in the comics... But that's what I said. Like, sometimes I wish that the companies would understand a character like uh, Kamala Khan, right? She works in the comic books because Carol Danvers has had yeah. decades yeah. of being around. You can't... Without putting a little bit of work, you can't replicate that Yeah. in, in, in the movies and stuff because you, you, you can't just... 
you know, oh, now, there you go, she's got an Uber fan. But why does she have an Uber fan? Yeah, no, I know, I know. And Look, if, if yeah. Cara Davis is doing most of her shit in space, how would Miss Marvel even know what I, she's doing and who she I is? I get your point, Rich. I guess it's one of those suspension of disbelief things, though. You know, honestly. I get your point, of course I do. But, um, I mean, I also... And also, the Rambo is yeah. like, it's like, you know, w- w- what's the connection with the Rambo? I get that, yeah. I mean, because she hasn't seen her since she was a little girl. Yeah. I, know, I, yeah, um, I'm confused by the whole thing, dude, with the Rambo. Like, I get it. The Black Captain Marvel that no one cares about. Yeah, I get it. We've got to rope her in now, too, because of, like, we're, we're in the PC police are like, please don't forget about the Black Captain Marvel. Everyone's like, uh, well, we have. Who? And, <laughs> and then it's like, so that they force her in as well, which to me is, is even... Look, I don't fucking care about any of them, but I really don't care about the Black Captain Marvel from the 70s. Because let me tell you, I've read some Avengers from the 70s where my fan favourite writer, Roger Stern's writing them, and it's painfully boring. And she's in it. And believe you me, it's very unmemorable. Um, some of the hardest reading of comics I've ever done. I actually gave up. I was like, you know what, I don't care. Um, yeah, they're just trying actually, to... You, you- Throw them all. You're talking about the not caring. Mm. I actually, I, I haven't finished watching the latest John Wick movie. I actually gave up. John Wick Four. I've seen it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I actually got. Uh, I I've been watch. I was been watching the movie, watching the movie, and I think, oh Jesus Christ, when is this movie going to end? And then I went and looked, and I was like, holy fuck, I've been watching it for two hours, and there's still like another forty nine minutes left. It's quite long. Yeah. And I was like, I'm I'm done. I'm like, I'm take a break. I'm like, maybe I'll come back and watch this later or finish it. But I was like, it's it's. I don't understand what they've done to the John Wick like franchise because they they almost um, in in four movies they uh, Fast and Furious did. Yeah, no, that's true. Where it yeah. just got more and more ridiculous and yeah. indulgent and all that sort of stuff, and it's so far removed from what it originally was. Yeah, uh, that there was a hit. No, yeah, I mean I've seen all of them. I I liked John Wick Four. Actually, I saw it at the cinema. But I agree with you, uh, much like um, Fast and the Furious, from its very humble beginnings, that it went crazy. John Wick, in a different way, has gone up and up. But I actually liked 4. I, 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 I did like it, actually. I thought it was quite... It's overly long. I saw it in cinemas. and it's I way too long, man. Like, Jesus. Yeah, my favourite John Wick is still John Wick 1, which is a movie I really like. I, I really didn't enjoy John Wick 2. Uh... And I'm not sure if I've even seen John Wick 3, but I've definitely seen... I think I have, but I I saw 4, and I enjoyed 4. I thought 4 was well, actually pretty cool. John, John Wick 3 was the worst one until this one. Okay, for really? Me. Okay, yeah. I really liked the first one. I, I, I really liked the first one. The first one is fabulous, man. Yeah, the first one's my favourite, but I, I did right. like 4. I, I remember not liking 2, but if they're also... Can I say this? They're very repetitive movies, and you have to be in the mood for it, kind of thing. It's like mm-hmm. there's almost not much to them, kind of thing. It's just it's a lot of fight scenes, and it just goes on and on and on. That's why four is too long because it's like it is cool. It's got some really cool visuals as well in it, but it's just too like I don't know why that movie was so long. It doesn't need to be that long. Like why are we making these movies into huge like two and a half hour or even more epics, they don't need to be. A leaner movie would probably be better, you know? Mm-hmm. You know Woody Allen used to cut his movies for years to be like 86 to 88 minutes? So many of his movies, like he, he cut them so tightly and they were so good. Like for, I'm talking for like 30 years. 
go and look at, at at the length of his movies. So many are like eighty eight minutes, eighty seven oh, minutes, eighty eight. We kind of we kind of going backwards because um, you, movies used to be uh, bloated. Um, they did, yeah. You know, all it's those true. all those movies back in the day, or you know, um, Gone with the Winds, your Ben Hur's, yeah, you know, your Cleopatras. I mean, they were three hour movies. I take you know, those over clear. fucking today's bloated ones, though. Yeah, yeah, but no, no. But what I was going to say, but that was also a different time where. Uh, it was a movie. You didn't get to watch it at home. And yeah. so it was an event and you had a, a break, you know, your, yeah. your concession break and your toilet break and all this sort of stuff. And it felt like a, a thing. But we we got to the point where we were like, listen, we can't keep making these like, you know, four hour, three hour movies. Yeah, and we started, but now we're just, now we're bloating them out again. You know what I mean? Now we're going backwards. <laughs> yeah, uh, we yeah. Where they, you know, where a John Wick movie is bloody... Uh, well, three hours if long, you, you said to I mean? me the Napoleon movie is three hours or Hannibal is three hours, I'd be like, okay, good, because I think it warrants it. John Wick doesn't need to be three hours, you know? Like, I agree with that. Like, it, it, like a big, lavish, historical epic, I can deal with it being long because I want a lot of depth. You know, I want a lot of flavour, almost, you know, to mm. it. Um but yeah, John Wick doesn't need to be because you know that John Wick is so many, so many fight scenes. And and look, honestly, I I like a fight scene, but you watch ten in a row, it gets boring. You know, it's like oh yeah yeah, yeah oh. well, when they got to the point in the movie, and this is where I stopped kind of watching. Mm. You know, they're sitting down and they're flipping those cards over to see yeah. how they're going to fight, where they're going to fight, what time, and all that. So I'm like, oh, okay, cool, we're getting to the end of the movie, right? Yeah, and um. Then all of a sudden there's, again, like in number two, I think it was, uh, where everyone's kind of like hunting him. Yeah. And he's fighting everyone. I was like, what the hell? Would it? And that's when I stopped to look and go, how much time is left in this movie? 49 minutes. Yeah. So from the time that they did those card flipping over to like, we're going to have our final battle, there's another 49 minutes of this movie. And I was like, no, I can't. I'm done. I'm Dude, I, I remember I being in the cinema and I went with a work colleague. I was just basically taking him out for a night. Uh, he was over from Singapore, a lovely guy. And um, we went to the cinema, and this is by accident, and it was like a... I mean, they call it 4D. It, it's fucking annoying. Your seat moves around, like jets of water and stuff come on you and all this kind of shit. Like, uh, gross. Dude, yeah, it was... Look, it was fun for a night. Do you know what I mean? Like, it was, But let me tell you, at three hours, that becomes annoying. You know, and I was... I was... Um, I was feeling the time in that in that film and i and i hate that feeling because look if i'm at home i i love a long movie but i can you know if i'm at home like i mean i love watching movies you know what i mean like i love them i I, i'll happily you tell me dave i've got a 60s epic historical uh, in general i'm like put it on you know like i'll watch it and and i'll have a coffee and etc but um you know like honestly my Wanting to watch a John Wick four again? No thanks. Once is enough. You know, you, some movies do not need to be that long. Like you don't have. Yeah, it's a shame because you know John Wick one is very rewatchable. Super rewatchable. If I was going to rewatch I mean? any, I'd rewatch that. You know, honestly. Mm. Like, yeah, but it made a lot of money. I think. I think it was a huge hit. So, um, yeah, but I think you know what? I've got to be honest with you. I think a lot of that is just the goodwill of how good the the the, the first movie is. Sure. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, uh, and it's Keanu as well. Keanu you know what I mean? Yeah. He's again, he's 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 reached sainthood, yes, um, sort of status. So you know, uh, I think almost any, 
almost any movie well, is Well, I made in 440 his, million. Um, yeah, yeah. No. no, again, people love John Wick, the character, because of the first movie, and they love Keanu Reeves, so that's just a double... Yeah. You know, that's just a double whammy. And again, it's not a terrible movie. It's just that, you know, I mean, good God, I would never, ever go watch a bloody three-hour uh, Fast and Furious movie. I mean, if no. you can't tell me a Fast and Furious movie in fucking no. just, just under two hours or two hours... I felt I, I fell out of love with those movies somewhere along the way. I, I actually enjoyed quite I think a lot we of them. All have. Yeah, I, I enjoyed quite a lot of them. I just I honestly sometimes think you get to a point where enough is enough. You know, it's just like I've had enough of that. Like it's like a like going to the same restaurant all the time. You're like Well, you get you, know, you get to the point where you're like, Well I'm I just I'm not invested anymore. Yeah. I don't know. It's 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 so weird, isn't it? Like some some stuff you just like why can't they make more of that? But instead, it's like they make a fucking million um, Fast and Furiouses. <laughs> you know, it's it never seems to be the kind of stuff I want. Like that, they would churn out more. Like I wish that in the eighties they kept making, you know, like lots more Indiana Jones when Harrison Ford was younger, kind of thing. You know, mm. but like it didn't happen, kind of thing. You don't get that. But instead, we get now where fucking Vin Diesel pumps out a Fast and the Furious fucking every. Well, yeah. I mean, to be fair, it shows that they've learned the lesson, though. Yeah. Um, because yeah, they're like, listen, we've got something good here. Yeah. Milk it, milk it, milk it. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, milk it before we're too old. Oh, 100%. No, no, they're, like, the, the bean counters know what they're doing. Like, they're, they're all about that now. They're like, fucking, if there's any sign of life, keep milking that, keep milking it. Like, we'll go until the last one barely breaks even or makes a slight loss. And then we'll say, okay, we're done. You know, and but we'll yeah oh yeah we're so cynical now they're so cynical now it's just endless and Fast and the Furious it's like cycling everybody just fucking rotate rotate just keep on going like yeah I mean good lord we've got to the point where even characters who are supposed to be dead I make comebacks and stuff yeah oh oh back in <laughs> oh yeah everyone's getting their payday everyone's getting their payday there um yeah this is funny um so. One thing I did see, um, there was a lot of desperation when it came to the marketing of the Marvels. Very cynically, we mentioned last week, Disney tried the old bought and paid review system, which did them no favours. It never does. The word of mouth was so negative. The media had been bashing the movie for months before it came out, and, and to try to buy a few reviewers the day before was just desperation. Um, Michael Kellershim says the real reason Marvel, the Marvels flop was females. Um... Uh, yeah, he says here Captain Marvel 2019, 45% of the audience were female, while 2023 it was only 39%. Um, Stephen King uh, automa- automatically blamed the men for the film's failure, tweeting the film failed due to adolescent fanboy hate. You know, yuck girls. I don't know about that, man. Like, um, Actually, no, he, well, he, he did. Stephen King did come out and be like, Oh, no, no, oh, I mean, I'm I know. Gonna, it, I'm not a big fan of. Uh, you know, the superhero movies, but we shouldn't be gloating when one of them fails. And it's like, I don't, well, one, uh, people can do whatever they want, Stephen. Sure. Yeah, that's a good <laughs> It's problem. their life, whether they're wrong or right. They, if they want to gloat or, 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 you know, jerk themselves off to something, that's, that's their, that's their, that's right, their prerogative. Sure. Um, but secondly, if you don't like the Marvel movies, then what do you care? Yeah, you're, like, just, you're just chiming in. I, I'm honest, I'm, yeah, I'm confused as to why you're getting yeah, involved. He's doing the old, oh, I don't really care about, I don't know about this, but, you know, but, you know, you're all to blame, man. <laughs> like, 
Uh, look, I think a lot, like, if we're being brutally honest, I, I, I honestly think a lot of it is just the fact that Captain Marvel, when it came out, it came out at a perfect moment, but I was so hungry for that Marvel machine. You know, there were hints cleverly dropped by Disney that you had to watch it. I mean, obviously those of us in the know know what it's going to be, but there, it, it was, we were so, the public was so hungry for Marvel content after um, Infinity War and before Endgame. And that movie came out, they gave it a huge push, they really pushed it, and it was just a perfect storm for them for that movie. Very hard to replicate. They were just on such a high. The opposite now. They're at a low. They're at a lull. They've got characters that people don't care about. Like, no one cares about Ms. Marvel outside of her core fan base. I know her core fan base may love her. That's fine. I think the actress is quite charming too. But it's just not a mass, mass character. Nobody cares about Black Captain Marvel. And Captain Marvel herself... It's almost like she's been put to sleep for four years. Like, audiences are fickle. They forget. And we didn't get the same, um, how can I say, really penetrative uh, advertising. And the Marvel formula, you know, it hasn't been equating to big numbers across the board. Um, you know, it just everything, is, everything has changed for them. And... It's almost the exact wrong time to come out with this movie with these characters. And it's like, well, whatever. Like, at the end of the day, you can still watch the movie. It's still going to be on streaming. It'll go to Disney+. Plus. You know, it can be looked at later on, you know. When are we going to stop the um, uh, attacking the fans thing? Do you know what I mean? Oh, I know. I feel like this is getting very old now. Super old. Where, like, even now the director of the Marvels is coming and saying, you know, oh, people, you know, they just not, you know, they they hate women or, you know, like... you all these isms if you don't like my movie and it's like yeah. oh my god yeah, like no, that's tough. this has not worked for anyone why yeah. is your mentality is it's going to work for me also just look I'm, I'm sorry the history of films are littered with movies that bomb there's so many movies bomb or yes, disappoint and there's great auteur movies that have bombed because, yeah, uh, and there's know. lots of movies that are really good movies that have bombed too like it doesn't always you know really honestly a lot of good movies made no money a lot of a lot of bad movies made big money um, blah 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 it's not always equated to fucking quality yeah, but life life isn't fair but also <laughs> uh, when you this is this is I think a lesson when you are part of a huge machine that's churning out like all these fucking hits in a row, has so much goodwill that that's great, and you can benefit from that goodwill. And and Captain Marvel did, okay. Captain Marvel one did. The opposite happens when the machine is slowing down, when the hits are less frequent, when there's a bit of taint on the product, blah blah blah. You are hurt by being associated by that. You can hurt your numbers, and that's exactly what happened here too. So. It's, I don't know, it's business. I, 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 I don't, I'm not really gloating. I, I, I don't care. Uh, but I don't honestly give it, you know, box office is interesting to commentate on. But at the end of the day, I care more about my own enjoyment of a product or not. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I like to critique yeah. it, you know, blah, blah, blah. At the end of the day, like, I saw Wolverine Origins in fucking cinemas like seven or eight times, whatever it was. Love it. Uh, and it made money. Everyone hates it. I don't really care. You know, 
Like, you, you know what I mean? Oh, like, okay. not well, yeah, Dave. We know you don't care. No, yeah, it's <laughs> you like it's like a shrug. It's not something I go on the internet and fight about because I, I honestly don't care. Like, really, honestly. Well, that's and, the thing. Like, and I've always said this. It's why I don't really care about like game awards, Oscars, Grammys. It's like I don't care if something gets an award. And it dude, doesn't, they're so rigged it, it as well. They increase they're, or decrease my enjoyment of it. There's so much like, corruption in those things. No, but like, forget uh, about it. Even if it's not, even if it's not, it doesn't matter. No. Like, if I enjoyed something, that is all that matters. Totally. It right. doesn't matter if it's a piece of shit. You know, if it's a piece of shit and everyone hates it, but I, I, I enjoyed it, that's all that matters. Oh, yeah. And, oh, yeah. The whole thing about, like, oh, this movie. You know, I, I mean, you, in the 90s, I did care. I used to really hope that movies I liked won Oscars. Now, uh, honestly, it's like whatever. The most interesting thing that happened in the Oscars in the last 20 years was Will Smith going psycho, you know? Yeah. Outside but of that. You don't, like, you don't care because you get to the point where you realise... It's nothing. Well, just because it won an Oscar, I don't enjoy it more. No, it means or nothing. Let, or just because, you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't affect your enjoyment of the thing. So, and so many guess, great just, movies, for example, didn't win Oscars. You know, like, honestly, it's, 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 it's silly... I, I am a believer in what I am a believer in is as time goes on, the general critique of something becomes more nuanced, and you can and you can go to like for example with westerns. I'm by no means an expert on westerns. Okay, like I'm much more seventies crime films and stuff like that. I, I know a lot more about. So I will go to western lists of the top twenty five or top fifty. And I'll work off those lists and knock down some movies on that. And I find them very, very good because they go beyond just the obvious, you know. Um, mm. And you, you realise how many good ones there are. And you know what? Some of them I watch and don't enjoy and some of them I really do. And I, I, I am a believer as time rolls on, we, we gain more perspective on stuff. And it's not connected at all to box office. It box yeah. office be, kind of becomes and, irrelevant, you know. And also, even like there, where you go, I, uh, you know, I get a twenty top twenty five list. Doesn't mean that you can enjoy all twenty five no. movies. I can tell you, no, it's exactly right. They're often twenty five. That's why I enjoy the list because the list will give you a little summary, even of what we're looking at and stuff. But I mean, I'll tell you, one of the movies that I watched that I think is brilliant um, is the Wild Bunch, the Sam Peckinpah movie. Um, mm-hmm. I hadn't seen that movie, and then I watched it only a couple of years ago, and I was like, what a fucking good movie. You know what I mean? And growing up, I'd never heard about that film. Now, it is a famous film, but I, it had just bypassed me. Do you know what I mean? And, I, and I'm not mm-hmm. a Western, and that comes out at the end of the era of the Westerns. But, but, but like, no, I, because I'm such a sort of novice in the area, like, I, I, I've watched a lot more film noir, for example. Um, I enjoy watching some of the Westerns because... It's, I'm not an expert, you know. I come in with pretty fresh eyes kind of thing. And you can watch movies like, for example, God, what was the movie I watched recently? Um, the Longest Day, the movie about um, D-Day. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. D-Day, what yeah. a fucking good movie. What a, oh, yes. Look, dude, yeah, get a blanket, get a coffee. It's a long one. But I honestly, what a, what a pleasure to watch that movie. Like, it's so good. And... I watched that, and I was like, that was one of my favourite movies, uh, uh, war movies, and it's, you know, uh, like, I don't know, did it win an Oscar? Who the fuck cares? Like, <laughs> like really, I mean, who gives a shit? And I mean, don't get me started on Grammys, because they are industry, bought and paid for bullshit, always were. They're less relevant now than ever. I mean, Jesus Christ, 
not much of the fucking modern music come out deserves to win anything, in my opinion. No, um, well, I mean, that's why I said when I was watching that uh, Madam Web and the and as soon as the trailer started and it was a Billie Eilish music, I was yeah. like, <laughs> I'm out. Yeah, you're out. Now, I have some really exciting news. Alien Legion. Are you familiar with this comic series, Rich? Uh, I know of it, and I think back in the day I read an issue or two, but okay. um, never really Well, I'll imagine this. It's French Foreign Legion in space is the best way to yeah. describe it. Carl Potts, the famous editor and writer, brilliant man, uh, created it, um, wrote quite a large chunk of it at the beginning. Chuck Dixon wrote a large chunk of it in the 80s. Really good, really good stuff. Um, I love it. And it's been shopped around for years, and it now is coming um, to... Warner Brothers have acquired the rights, and they've attached Deadpool director Tim Miller to helm the film. I am super excited by this. I, I just want to give um, a description of it. Uh, it's intergalactic peacekeepers navigating a diverse, tension-filled universe. Um, it has a very devoted fan base. Um, I just want to, get, to give you some stuff here. Okay, so this is it. Legion was co-created by Carl Potts, a former editor and writer at Marvel, and was introduced as part of the publisher's creator-own imprint Epic Comics in '83. Uh, it became the line's longest-running title, even outliving the imprint when it was moved to other publishers in the 21st century. Uh, Alan Zillantes and Frank Sirocco were the other co-creators. Described as the French Foreign Legion in space, the stories focused on an intergalactic peacekeeping force that took in all manner of species. Like So it's filled with aliens as well. Um, without asking <laughs> too many... Legion, yes. Yeah, good point. Without asking um, any questions about their past or intentions, operating with an unwieldy government system known as a galactic union that is straining to be a democratic melting pot. Prejudice and bad intentions abound and struggle with well-intentioned idealists. Um, among the key characters are Sar Rigar, a captain from a serpent-like species that were once used as slave labour. He's great. The British degenerate Jugger Grimrod, with his green skin and deep, deep hostility towards authority, the gentle forearmed medic Melchio and Tori Montrock, a human who is being forced into a tour of duty in the Legion to, in order to receive his inheritance. I mean, all I'll say is, I can only go, I've read a lot of it, okay, because I, I got into it. It's really cool. If you like Legion of Superheroes, this is a radically different take. Uh, on it, it's way more dirty. Uh, it's almost like French Foreign Legion slash Dirty Dozen sometimes. Um, mm -hmm. it, I, I love it. I, I I think it's a really cool series, and um, yeah, it's and Chuck did a lot of stuff on it. So the next time we have Chuck on, um, we'll talk about some Alien Legion because he did, he actually did quite a lot of it in the sort of mid to late eighties, I think. And um, yeah, I, I think he quite likes it, um, to be honest. And uh, Carl Potts. Um, I'm going to reach out to get him on the show because I, I kind of like any bit in awe of Carl Potts because he was the guy who edited the Punisher comics when I first started reading and he was the one who wrote Punisher War Journal and he's a pretty gifted guy in fairness to him. Um, so yeah, Alien Legion. Man, I hope it happens too, Rich. You know what I mean? Like a lot of stuff gets greenlit and never makes the screen. Yes. And, and this is the kind of thing where it's like to do it right, it's got to be a big swing kind of thing. Like, this isn't a low-budget film. You know, this is proper full-on, like, space adventure oh, opera. It, yeah, I mean, Jesus, it has to be because it's all alien, so, I mean... Yeah. You better have some cracking good CG in it. 
Well, yeah, I'm excited, man. Like, finally, a fucking reason. It's been a weird thing to just come out of the blue, though. That's, that's, uh, I well, mean, I'm great. I'm happy, but I'm like, it also feels like it's like just kind of like out of the He's blue. been shopping around for a long time. Um, this has almost happened a few times. So I, I think there's been interest in this property since the 80s kind of thing. I think this has been one of those things that has probably been gestating for a while. And, hey, mate, you know, they're finally, like, realising, like, not finally, but they're realising, like, comic books have some really cool stuff that's not just classic superhero shit, you know, that you can, mm. that you can turn into stuff. And, like, uh, so I think there's always been a bit of interest, but it just this time it's, you know, it's panned out and it's actually going to, you know, really happen. Well, I hopefully. Hope. Oh, God, I hope so, man. I fucking need it, man. I, I need it bad, badly. At this point in my life, man, I'm, I'm clinging on. You know what I mean? I'm clinging on to fucking memories. And, and they're like Alien Legion. I'm like, Dave's just like, sign me up. Sign me up now. Sign me on the dotted line, Rich. Do you think it'll be enough to pull me back from the abyss? <laughs> uh, probably not, sadly. <laughs> probably not. I love it, Rich. What there's, I also... always there's always something that brings you back to the abyss, isn't there? Yeah. The abyss, man. I love it. Um, Cheryl Crow. I, I like to call it your holiday home. <laughs> just by the, by the, by the, by, right by the edge. I just built a little house. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> little shack. Um, we've got a little love bed in there. Just, just in there, just gazing out into the abyss. Types <laughs> just. I've got. I'm like, hey, alien legions coming, and I, I, I was going towards the door to walk into the abyss. I like stop for a second. I'm like, okay. We'll just chill out for a second. We'll sit a few plays out. You're like, all right, I'll wait. I'll wait. I'll wait, like death. Um, Forever, but I'll wait. Yeah. Now, this uh, shout-out to Marie, um, Michelle's mum. Cheryl Crow and Willie Nelson are inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It's about time for both of them, I think, actually. I, I love both of them. I, honestly, I really like Cheryl Crow. I, I, I've always liked her since, like, the beginning of whenever she did um, that first song she did, you know, every, or whatever. Well, how the hell does the song go, Rich? You know the one I mean, the really big hit she had. All I want to do is have some fun or something. Uh, yeah. Yeah, is that it? You know, but um, she's got a lot of the songs. What I want to do is... You know, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's very like... I like to call it a talky song. It's one of yeah, those he says his name is like, William, but I'm sure it's Mac yeah. or Will or Buddy or something. Um, but she's had a lot of good songs. I mean, I, I in fairness, I had bought... When you used to buy CDs, I bought every Cheryl Crow CD. Seriously, I did. I, I really liked her second CD uh, album that had um, If It Makes You Happy and and songs like that. Do you remember that one, Rich? Uh, if It Makes yep. You Happy. Oh, God, I love that song. And that was a really... If it makes you happy. Yeah, 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 man. It was great. A great, great, um, uh, what do you call it, a video clip as well. I Have I seen it live? Actually, I've, I thought I had, but maybe I haven't. God, I'm getting old. I can't remember. No, I don't think I did. I'm confusing with Alanis Morissette I saw live. I saw Alanis Morissette and Garbage together, like back-to-back concert. It went for like four hours. Excellent. Um, I don't know why. Probably she hasn't toured Australia that much, and I probably, when she did tour, I probably wasn't very rich. Um, but Not like now. Now, like you're swimming in it. Well, I've got more money now, I'll tell you that much, man. A uh, couple of investment properties, I'm doing okay. Um, I could afford a short crow ticket, I'll put it that way, Rich, if she was if she was, if she she was was coming out, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, apparently I can afford a WWE ticket, but I'm not <laughs> You can, yeah, Rich, you're, you're the one who's <laughs> flying to Perth for fucking, like, you I'm know. about it. 
Yeah, well, that's going to take a hit to the bank account. You might have to sell a few comics, you know? You know what? I'm, I've got a double whammy because um, not only am I part Scottish, but I'm also South African. Sure. And that's like double miser. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, you know exactly. what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm not averse to, like, I will spend. It's just that I feel really, really sick afterwards. You've always been a careful spender as long as I've known you, you know? <laughs> Yeah, well, it's not careful. Even if I know I need it, right? Even if it's like, listen, I, this is a necessity. I must have it. I'm like, but I don't want to spend my money. <laughs> yeah. Whereas I'm just a hopeless consumer. Um, I've sold myself so many times over, I can't even remember. You know what I mean? I'm just all about, <laughs> I'm just all about commerce. I'm just all about commerce, basically. Um, yeah, where was I going with this? So Cheryl Crow, God bless her. She's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. She should have been there 10 years ago. The fucker that held the back was that guy who, who wouldn't put her in the master's book, probably. You know? With that fucking guy from a few weeks ago. And Willie Nelson. How is Willie Nelson not already in the Hall of Fame? That, was, that I'll be honest with you, that shocked me more yeah. than the Cheryl Crow. Because I was like, okay, you know, I mean, Cheryl Crow, it's, she's still fairly young. She's more modern. If you yeah, want to yeah. call it that way. But, yeah, the Willie Nelson one, I was like, <laughs> what the hell? Like, yeah, like Willie Nelson? Like, if Super Tramp's getting in there before Willie Nelson, there's a problem. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, what more did Willie have to do? Did he have to have a few more fucking hits? Like, did he, you know, like, he's like 100 years old. Uh, God, I like some of his songs. He's got so many good songs. Uh, me and Paul, I love that song. Me and Paul. Guess Washington wasn't built for me and Paul. Um, have you ever heard the song he does with um, Mel Haggard? Oh, God, what is it? It's, oh, Jesus. Puncho and Lefty. Puncho and Lefty. You know that one, Rich? No. Lefty still sings the blues. Oh, Rich, after this, after this, um, I was going to say concert, after this podcast, <laughs> check <laughs> out... Pretty much a concert. Dude, after this concert, after this podcast, check out Puncho and Lefty by Willie Nelson and Merle Haggard. It is fucking amazing. Seriously. Red-headed stranger. Always on my mind. Um, yeah, man. Willie Nelson, what a champ. Yeah, both of them are brilliant additions to um, to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Now, Amazon, Richard, is in talks for a live-action He-Man, mm. which which I guess... There was that movie that was going to be happening, which That's they cancelled. No, I know it was, and they cancelled it. It didn't happen. Mm. Um, where are you on this one, Rich? Are you, are you filled with hope and, you know, um, joy? Yes, I mean, I, I suppose I wish them luck because uh, they just laid off, I think, uh, 180 people from their uh, game studio. Ouch. Um, really? What, Amazon? Uh, yeah, well, they were, the, the Amazon Games. Oh, okay. They, they've been sort of starting to make games and all that sort of stuff, but okay. uh, it hasn't been doing well, and they just laid off 180 people. So, Ouch. Um, I guess they're looking for any hit. Any hit will do. That's it, man. Well, why not? Any hit um, will do. Yeah. Well, geez, I hope they do a better job of casting than they than Netflix was doing for. Um, yeah, you for weren't anyone. fond of that Jesus. guy they picked, were you at all? Who was? Anyone who's a fan of of that casting? I'm like, sorry, I'm like, uh, uh, I mean, at least when they cast Dolph Lundgren, you'd be like, okay, I get it. Yeah. Like when you see Dolph Lundgren with the the mullet, yeah, and his fucking physique, you're like, okay, whether the guy can act or not, I can see it. Mm. You know what I mean? When yeah. I look at that, yeah. a, a still picture, or I say, I go. Yeah, okay, he looks like a real-life He-Man. Sure. Then you go get, like, some, like, pretty boy who's, like, you know, they, they the did size try of to, a weed. They did try to bulk him up. Bulk him up. And I'm like, do you know the years you have to spend? 
Well, or at least the money, I guess, on steroids. But, I mean, I don't want a guy to do steroids just to get the physique. But, dude, they... Uh, look, anyway, he wasn't the right he-man, I agree. Um, but it's a, I think it's a challenge, though, as well. Like, to do... I think He-Man works better as a, as a cartoon, honestly. I, I mean, I know you could get a bodybuilder who looks like He-Man. I know it's quite possible. I just... Dude, you, you know. you, you're really speaking, like, my language. I'm ne- you know that I'm always pro-animation, um, yeah. anti-live action. I know you are, Rich. Well, you know, sometimes I like to grow with you. It, it, it settles you down, you know? Keeps you keeps you happy, Rich. No, it's just you have to do it because you realise most of the time I'm right. And... <laughs> uh, how about this? Camilla Khan shows up at Kate Bishop's. Uh, this must be in the fucking Marvels, and suggests forming the Young Avengers. She just suggests that we should form the Young Avengers, um, which means a team made up of MCU kids: Ms. Marvel, Kate Bishop, and America Chavez. Oh Jesus. Um, Ant-Man's kid, Ugh. uh, alleged fan favourite Ironheart, oh my god, and they won't be able to resist casting Hulking and Wiccan, wow, and then Michael Killers just said, that, will. That, would, that might ruin the, uh, the, the, the all-female cast that they've got going, that's true, um, although they do come in with a gay card, Rich, remember, so, the LGBT, well, I mean, I uh, oh wait, I think, wait, who, no, you know, they brother, no, shit, who am I thinking of, I don't know, I, d- I don't even know who they are. I thought they were Wiccan gay. Has a, Wiccan has a brother. Who's his brother? I don't know. Okay, yeah, Hawking is his boyfriend, but yeah, he's his brother. Yeah, I'm saying Hawking and get in with the LGBTQ card. They get yeah. allowed into the fucking Avengers Mansion, or the young person's version of that. Uh, best case, according to Michael, is the Marvel's bomb so hard this never sees the light of day. Yeah, I, I do think that's got bomb written all over it, unless you put that as a TV show where I think it might have more luck. You know? Um, yeah, this, this, again, yeah. I'm sorry, again... Uh, what have you done to work towards this to earn this? Well, they've all made very I'm, brief appearances. But again, at least, like, again, when you set up the Avengers, mm. you, Natasha showed up in Iron Man, sure. right? Yep. Then Hawkeye showed up in Thor. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, uh, and then, then the glue that held it you know, for the Avengers was, you know, you had Nick Fury show up in, in also sure. Iron Man. Uh, and you had Coulson here showed up in a couple of the different... So, you know what I mean? So, at least they put the effort... Sure. Into building it up that they at some point these people have met each other. Well, Camilla can't show up at Camp Bishops and suggested they form a How does she know? <laughs> That's the point up. I'm trying to make. Like, she shows up going, Hey, Kate. Hey, I'm like, Kate. How do you know each other? She's I like, Hey, Kate. You know She's like, Hey, Kate Bishop from Hawkeye. She's like, Yes, Ms. Marvel from Ms. Marvel. We should form <laughs> the Young Avengers. NC. <laughs> it's like when Beast was like, you're such and such, but you're from a different universe. And she's like, yes, I am from a different universe. I was like, oh, we're all part of the multiverse. (laughs) And he's like, I need to introduce you to my friend Charles. And then he's like, turns the camera, Xavier from the (laughs) 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 X-Men. Like, it's all... I don't know, it's just, it's also funny to me. It's all pretty much on the nose by this point. They're like, he's like, I'm Kelsey Grammer. Oh, I mean Beast from the Fox X-Men movies, but now I'm part of Disney. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Wouldn't it be funny if you said, I'm Beast from Frasier? <laughs> I'm Beast. You might recognise me from Frasier, but I also played Beast. <laughs> and right now we're in a different universe, but we're owned by Disney. <laughs> it's just like, it honestly, when she shows up and she goes, hey, Kate, we should form the young, they should say it together, the Young Avengers. Coming soon. Yeah, it's like, are you thinking what I'm thinking? <laughs> the Young Avengers. <laughs> yes, like, 
That's like in a way, it's like I, they've never been subtle. Like they were never subtle, but but now they're just hitting you over the head with it. Like they're just like they're hitting. Well, that's what, I feel like they're not even bothering. They're like fuck it. I'm not. We're not even. We're not even bothering. Just slap them together. Who yeah. gives a shit? Like, well, dude, do you remember in um? I think it was Endgame. They had the scene with the female ones, like, all together. They had that shot, and you had Mantis trying to look all tough, and it was just like, ugh. Like, it was just like, it was really lame because it was like, imagine this, all of these people together in something. And it was like, girl power. But the way they did it, it wasn't like, the, seriously, I had Michelle and another woman was sitting next to me, and both of them went, ugh. Like, on cue. Do you know what I mean? Like, it wasn't like, yay. It was just like, this is so on the nose and you're smashing us over the head. Yeah. You know? Because they don't allow things to happen naturally. Yeah. And it was, and and Disney will be like, you know, they, oh, there's not a problem here. That was a, gen, that was a general reaction. Do you know what I mean? That was, that was a lot of, I know there's a very small minority of fans who think that that's fucking amazing, who love it because they're so desperate. Like, but like the majority of people were like, oh my God, how lame. It was just so cheesy and so lame, and it's just like, yeah, that's but that that's what they that's what they do. That's they're that obvious, you know. And now they they're even. I'd say they're even, like it's just they're, they're making almost no effort, you know, none, and they're really trading on just the fact that they're big and successful. And they can just churn through the projects, and and it's supposedly under the shared universe, which is like a shared marketing scheme. And oh, you know, someone said it brilliantly. They said they're not making movies anymore, or they're not they're making content. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, totally. like it's not. Yeah, it, there, it's not art. It's not entertainment. It's not. It's just content. Yeah. They just like we need content, 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 and that's and that's why it is the way it is. Is because it's not viewed as. Mm. Um, you know, like art or as, uh, as something creative, it's just content. Yep, it's true. Uh, funny comment from Michael Kellishim. Scientists have suggested that Young Avengers is such a shameless ripoff of Young Justice. Any future profits from Young Avengers projects should go to Pete, Peter David's healthcare fund. <laughs> That's actually funny. Um, yeah, I mean, Peter David needs the cash, so, you know, help him. Um, you know, his Young Justice was brilliant. A lot more brilliant than any Young Avengers I've ever read. That's for sure. Um, oh, last piece of news. There's a new Ghost Rider in 2024, Rich. Um, and I can say I'm familiar with the character because I'm reading Ghost Rider by Benjamin Percy, who gives you an aggressive 6 to 6.5 out of 10 every month. Um, <laughs> Talia Warroad, uh, which is a really bad name, a former S.H.I.E.L.D. agent and ally of Johnny Blaze, is the likely candidate to become the next Spirit of Vengeance. She's kind of like an emo chick. And there's actually a really cool cover. I think it's Ghost Rider 21. It's not come out yet, which shows Johnny Blaze's head, but it's like, uh, well, sorry, Ghost Rider's head, but it's just the skull and the and the fire's gone out. And it's like, there's like smoke. It's really good. Just check it out. Um, I went to Inner Demons, Brian B, in Inner Demons, Legend of the Game, and said, what do you think, uh, Brian? Uh, Brian is apathetic and checked out. And he is, he is, he's a guy, he's like the guy, 60-year-old guy who's seen it all, done it all, burnout, done about four tours of NAM. He's just so cynical of the government, he's cynical of Ghost Rider. He's, yeah, he's everything I want to be. You know what I mean? 
He's he's a burnout, man. He's a burnout on the side of the road. And I said to him, feels like freedom, Brian. And he's like, it's not freedom. It's death. Um, yeah, but there's... Yeah, a- you're famous like, oh, be so free to be the, the ghost rider. Well, the <laughs> thing is, he was telling me that apparently... I didn't know this, even though I've read my fair share of ghost rider, that apparently the host doesn't get to experience the cool shit of the killing. No, of course not, because they're two separate identities. Well, I want to be the one who does all the killing and vengeance and all that stuff. That's the one I like. Not, not the, the other guy's in limbo. I said, I don't want to be in limbo. I want to be out there on the road, man, dispatching justice as I see fit. So I kind of more want to be the evil spirit, or at least he's pretty evil normally. He's kind of mostly evil, isn't he? Like, he's definitely violent. Um, is this more? Well, I mean, spirit? it's hard. To, I mean, technically, he's supposed to be evil because he's a creation of the devil, isn't he? I think so. I th- yeah, I think so. I don't. I don't, I don't know what he is actually. Uh, there's different spirits. There's different spirits. Yeah, but it's 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 the devil that comes to Johnny Blaze and says, "Say right here." You know, yeah, from, from the movie, the Ghost Rider, say, say so right me, here. That, that means that, the Ghost Rider is. Is yeah, it's the it's the creation of the devil. I'm picturing Peter Fonda, and he's like, "Sign right here, that'll look nicely." <laughs> and he's like, "Sign." And there's a bit of blood. He takes it. Mm. I love oh, yeah, it. yeah. When he goes, "Yep, that'll do." That'll look nicely. I love that fucking movie, man. You know, I love that movie so fucking much. I could watch yes. that right now. I could watch that right now. Seriously, like I could turn this shit off and just go, "Let's watch Ghost Rider." And I just mostly love just everything about it like just wall to wall from beginning to end like what do you like about it everything yeah, fucking everything in that movie i love that movie um yeah i want to be the i want to be the ghostwriter man i don't want to be the host fuck the host fuck the although i do like johnny blaze but like i don't want to be in limbo dude i want to be out there dispatching justice with the chains and stuff that's what i want to do man like is that evil no nah, not really yes. Oh, but he's doing... He's killing evil people that I remember, isn't he? Sort of, like... Well, he's a penance there and just well, general yeah, terrorizing. Isn't he technically, like... Isn't that, like... Isn't he getting souls for the devil, though? Like, uh, initially? Maybe. That, that seems to ring a bell. That's... You know what? We should call him Brian. Yes, he does, does he break away? Yes, but I believe originally that, like... He's... He, you know, he's... he's Getting souls for the devil. Okay. Oh, that's 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 what he's done. He he at night and when around evil, Blaze finds his flesh consumed by hellfire, causing his head to become a flaming skull. He rides a fiery motorcycle and wields blasts of hellfire from his body, usually his skeletal hands. He eventually learns he's been bonded with the demon Zathoros. So there you go. It's that, Richard. He's bonded with the demon Zathoros, Richard. And yes, and I was last time I checked, demon <laughs> means bad guy. Let's have a quick look at Zathoros. Zathoros is a fictional character, um, a demonic being who, <laughs> who tortures and devours souls. Hmm. <laughs> Sounds like a lovely guy. Uh, yeah, he... Um, it's conti- continuously shown to be able to challenge Mephisto in both earthly and magical combat. He possesses immeasurable levels of strength and stamina well beyond that of his hosts, and is wholly immune to anything that any the powers of beings such as the one above all. 
When at full strength, Zathoros has exhibited influence over certain earthly elements. He's able to conjure thunderstorms to incinerate his opponents with bolts of lightning, as well as rupture the ground to trap his victims in hard rock, or to impale them with spiked stalagmites. He's able to shoot hellfire from his hands, and can transport both himself and others to different locations. Apparently, the more powerful, more souls he consumes, the more powerful he becomes. Zathoros also has significant knowledge of magical lore, and possesses the ability to manipulate magical energies for a variety of effects. I see nothing about evil there, I just see a guy... He's very powerful. He needs to feed on the souls to keep the power going. It's just part of the circle of life that Elton John sung about all those years ago. You know? Well, of course, you see nothing wrong with it. I see nothing wrong with it. I see a guy, probably a little misunderstood, you know what I mean? Or a demon, a little misunderstood. Look, has he got a temper? Yeah, he does have a temper. You know what I mean? Do you want to get on his bad side? No, you don't. But, you know, it's... You know, is he challenging Mephisto for control of hell? Yes. Um, but, at, you know, it's kind of one of these nature or nurture things, Rich. He was born into an environment, a hellfire environment. He was born with certain abilities. He's using those abilities to the fullest effect. Does he, in a way, help out more than he hinders? Overall, big picture? Probably. When you think about all the people he's killed, all the bad guys? Yeah. Am I insane, Rich? No, but again, a, as long as those bad guys haven't gone to hell to uh, <laughs> increase the devil's army, then it's fine. But if he's if if it has, then <laughs> I don't know. You would that. say that he's not really hindering the devil. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what he's trying to do. It's almost like he wants to become the devil, you know, because he's challenging Mephisto, who I think is the devil. <laughs> I mean, it's possible. I mean, let's be honest. It's all very convoluted, isn't it? It's convoluted. It's all hell. (laughs) Look, he's not a nice guy. Anyway, Weekly Comics, Rich. Woo! Um, So, I want to say, first up, uh, Michael Kellishim recommended Forgotten Realms Annual 1, which we're going to be doing next week. Jeff Grubb, um, who wrote that comic, uh, famous game designer, both of video games and... um, whatever you call them, pen and paper, role-playing games, um, and books, a lot of D&D books. He is going to be coming on the show in uh, December, uh, potentially. Um, we're going to, I was just talking to him today. We're going to book him in and get him on. Um, looking forward to that. So Jeff Grubb wrote that issue, which we will cover uh, next week. Now, first up was Punisher 1, the new Punisher, the new and, I don't think, improved Punisher, but just uh, since they, they shipped Frank Castle off to Fantasyland. Rich, remember that? Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't hate this issue. Like I, like, I do hate it's not Frank Castle. It annoys me. But actually, as a Punisher issue, I thought this was pretty good, actually. Much better than Punisher had been, I think. Um, more classic. Uh, definitely fighting crime. The guy's a, a ex-Shield operative. He's kind of got his own microchip guy. I mean, it's basically Frank Castle without calling him Frank Castle. Um, I don't know why this is apparently so much more palatable than actual Frank Castle. Um, he's got... Well, th- I mean, that's what I was thinking. I was looking at this game like, I mean, Jesus Christ, this could also, this could literally just be a uh, a reboot yeah. of, of uh, Punisher because, yeah, I mean, what you're doing is no different than what Frank Castle has already been... Oh, God, no. Uh, doing so when i went to read this i was thinking something different like you know what i mean all you've done is just gone well instead of it being frank castle whose family is killed by 
the mob or the mafia, you know, while they're out having a picnic. It's a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent whose wife and two kids are killed in their home with a bomb blast by, you know... Some sort of organised crime. Disgruntled, whatever, whatever you want to call it. And I'm like, I don't understand how this is... Yeah. I mean, he literally has the same origin as Frank Castle that you almost go, why are we doing this again? Like, Yeah, I don't know. And, and even he has a suit that's mistaken for a skull, even though he's like, oh, yeah, he makes some comment. Like silly uh, designer. It's like, come on, bro. Like, yeah, I mean, that was bad. Look, if you didn't... Look, here's the thing. I don't mind the chest piece, Ooh. but the, it even has the two nostrils. And at yeah. that point, I'm just like, no, nah, bro. Like, why does your body armor... You know, or the body on why does it have a two nostrils? Yeah, it's, it was, <laughs> you know what I mean? But but by the same token, I honestly didn't hate this issue. I was like yeah, look, it's I, not terrible. Obviously it's I want not... I want Frank Castle back, obviously. And and I think this writer does a good job. I like the artwork as well. I, I thought I saw a little bit of John Romita Jr. in there, you know, mixed in. Um, with a more modern sensibility mm. as well. I, I, I actually really like the art on this. I, I thought this was actually Honestly, probably, obviously, I wish it was Frank Castle, but I think since um, Jay, not Jason Aaron, um, God, what's his name, McGuff Ennis, his classic stuff, I think this is definitely probably the next best thing since since I've seen that. You know, I, I don't think that I think this is this first issue is a strong first issue. Obviously, I wish it was Frank Castle. I'm not going to dance around that topic, but I, I thought it was a pretty strong issue. I, I don't understand why this is so much. Like Frank Castle needs to be banned, but we can have this guy who's the exact ripoff of this of Frank Castle. Like you know, it's like, what is the difference, really? You know. Can I tell you a secret? Yes. There's no difference. No, which is <laughs> and you know, which is probably clever, and why someone like me, and I'm probably less rabid than a lot of Punisher fans. I'm sort of a bit more like. Put it this way: I think you are you. You can't get too upset because it's not like it's a Franken Castle. No. I'd hate that. They've they've done a Punisher book, and you're like Jesus Christ. This is so far removed yeah. from you know uh, from Punisher or what the hell are they doing? It's like it's literally just Punisher, but if he was a different guy. Yeah, and you know what? Back in the '90s, they did a run of Punisher where there were all these um, sort of. It was kind of the Punisher version of Reign of Superman. Where something happened, I forget what happened with Frank. He had to go to ground, I think. And there were all these different Punishers that played off in like a five or six issue arc. It was really enjoyable. Um, you had uh, Lynn, um, which was the female one who I really liked. You had uh, several. You had Payback and others. You know, you, you, you had several. And they were interesting. And it's territory that's been trod before, but way back in the 90s, like in the glory days of Punisher. I, I'll keep reading this. I, I, I think the artist and the writer are a good team. I hope this is a mini and Frank comes back and we can just keep rolling with Frank. I, I'd be happy to do this. I, I almost think that, like, this so-called backlash against Punisher, I think it's died down. You know, I really do. I, I think that, like, you know, that was a, it was it was kind of a, a momentary thing. I, I Don't you get the feeling, Rich, that, like, it's died down a little bit, it feels like? Yeah, but I mean, I don't know if it was even really there. No, I agree. If, if, yeah, if it was being honest. Fake outrage, almost. You know, I'm giving the 7 out of 10. What are you giving this one, Rich? Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I mean, a 6, I guess. I mean, mm. it's competent. It's a typical revenge. They killed my wife. i got to find out who killed, you know, oh, who yeah. put the hit on. And oh, it's made difficult because I have to kill the person who's 
goddamn. I mean, it's 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 paint by numbers. Yes, it is. Um, uh, revenge. Even the flashback <laughs> scene, which Frank often had, the Frank Frank flown the kite Dude, with the kids. I mean, he's even got the wife with the two kids. That yeah. you know, the the son and the daughter. And I'm like <laughs> Jesus. Like, what? I don't understand what's. That's the thing. Like, it's fine, but at the same time, I'm like, but what's mm. other than him being a shield agent instead of a cop? Which is almost nothing, you know? I don't understand what is the point of I did like how they the call him Shields. Oh, God, there was a really funny thing on Screen Rant with all like, this new Punisher is so much better and more deadly than the real, the old Punisher. Like, fuck Frank Castle. This guy's in town now. And all the Punisher fans were just like, what a fucking joke. And it is a joke because this, this is a rip-off version of Punisher and you're going to try to make out that this guy's, like, bigger and going to be so much bigger than Frank Castle. Forget Frank Castle. I mean, this new guy's in town. Um, yeah, it's like, Frank who? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> like, you're like, what are you fucking retarded? <laughs> yeah, it was, just, it was the most stupid article ever. Um, so what did you give it out of 10, Rich? I give it a six. <laughs> okay. Then we had... Because, again, it's, it's fine. It's, it's, <coughs> obviously, it's obviously non-offensive. Hmm. And, in fact... If you had told me this was uh, DC doing their version of like yeah a Punisher, I'd be like, "Yep, I get it," because it's so it's so Punisher. Yeah, I agree. I agree. No, anyway, it's cool. Um, now, Michael Kellersham recommended "What If" one hundred and one, which I'd never read by Tom DeFalco and Ron Friends. Um, this is the first Spider Girl appearance, which I'd never read, and what an enjoyable issue this was. I thought it was. Uh, it was yeah, great. it was. Uh, it was pretty good. Oh, I I did not. Um, I I I kind of more know of Spider Girl than I've actually read her. Um, but to go back and read the first appearance of Spider Girl, like I was like, I can see why this character caught on. You know. Mm. Like, I, I, I mean, should... uh, yeah. I mean, look, it's very basic, but again, it's a what if story. Yeah. So a lot happens in one issue that, that is like it's super breakneck pace. But again, sure. at the same time, it's a one off issue. But yeah, it's it's a it's my only issue with the book. There are so many scenes where she looks like an old lady. Right. Um, yeah. And but that's more the artist's problem than. Than, than anything it's just that they didn't just if you go back and look at some of the pages mm. sometimes she kind of looks like a middle-aged yeah woman um uh, probably didn't help that they gave her that short hair yeah but uh, but i but I, I, suppose, I really you know, like underneath the mask so I, all that said though I, I i actually really dug it i i, I thought it was a really good issue i i, I was yeah, surprised enjoyable, just yeah. um it's also of its time you know, like, they wouldn't put that kind of art in a book now. And I actually like this kind of art. This kind of art reminds me of comics back then. You know, like, as in, like, there was a lot of comics that were like this. It was, to me, it really brought back to me the feeling of being a Wednesday warrior. You know, going in there midweek, mm-hmm. every week, like we did, Rich. Like, you and I, we used to both do, and collect your comics. And this would just be one in the stack, and you'd read it, you'd enjoy it. You wouldn't throw it out, but you you you'd put it in a you know the cabinet or whatever, and you kind of wouldn't think too much more about it. It was just this was standard back then, kind of thing. You know, I, I mean, I'm giving this an eight point five out of ten because I think it's aged well, in terms of I, I think it it was the entrance of a really cool character. And by the way, 
with all these fucking young Avengers, where the fuck is Spider Girl? You know? Well, that's. I'm, that, can I be honest with you? That all this, like, you, you talk about that, all this fucking Spider Verse bullshit uh, with <laughs> Miles and Spider Gwen, all that, and you literally have uh, May Parker. She's a baby, you know. Uh, who's, who's rife for. Um, yeah, she's a baby, know, though. An alternate or whatever. She's a baby uh, in the Spider Verse movies, Rich. Remember? She's a, she, he's literally carrying her around as a little baby. Gosh, sometimes I just I sometimes I just wonder how we have conversations. Well, what do you mean? She is, dude. I'm, I'm sh- talking about in the comics and oh. games and just anything Spider Verse related. Gotcha. How this character is just absent <laughs> everywhere. Okay. And you're like, she's a baby in the movie. But <laughs> Jesus, Dave, she like, is in the movie though, as a baby. She oh is. My God. But you're saying where is the current, where's the adult or the teenage one? Is that right? Yes, I'm. I'm saying where's all the love for this character when you 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 throw in a a, a, a shitty Spider Gwen down our throats and all that when we actually have an actual Spider character mm. you've alternate. Hit, you've hit a good point, actually, Rich. I, even though I've made it hard for you and I've confused you and I've kind of tangled you up in webs like Shane Warne used to do against Daryl Cullen. Um, I, I think you've actually made a good point. At the end of the day, you've you've asked a hard question. You've stared you've stared into the face of death, Richard, and you've said, "Where's May Parker? Where the fuck is May Parker?" Although, I'm going to make this comment with Spider Gwen, and Silk, and Spider Man, and Miles Morales. Is there room for May Parker? No, I'm, my point was she should have been there, and they should not be there. <laughs> I see. You, That's I, the point I'm making. I hope you're not going to erase the Hispanic, Rich. I'll erase them all, Dave. <laughs> You'll erase them. Hey, don't take my Spider Gwen away from me. You know I love her. Can you leave her, Rich? Dave, all. Oh, but you're going to break my heart, Rich, because you know I love her. I'm okay with that. You're not going to take away Gwenpool, are you? I'm taking them all away, Dave. You're oh, not listening to me. You're, not, you're going to take both my Gwens away from me. Yes, because fair. Gwen's dead. I'm sorry, bro. I hate to break it to you. No, but I've liked the someone, someone should have probably told you this a while ago. No, but, like, I've enjoyed it now that she's alive in the multiverse and I can, you know, still... It gives me a reason to keep on well, living. Well, I'll say lovey. Oh, wow, hey. You're a hard man, Rich. You just want to take away all my joy, don't you? Yep. The next thing you're going to take away the AIDS one that I like. The red arrow over the hill. And I don't maybe. have to. She's already gone, bro. What is she dead? About? Did AIDS get well, her no, in the end? Just, she doesn't exist anymore. What do you mean? Oh, that's right. You said that it was the cure for AIDS. It was just like retcons. <laughs> it's sad, isn't it? Like, all the things I love, I, you just want to erase them. You know, because you're so... You, you, you're like the um, guy... I'm a, in, I'm a purist, yes, Dave. But you're like the guy in um, in Christ on Infinite Earth or whatever, that guy, the antimatter guy, whatever his name is, the anti-monitor... I just, want, monitor, yeah. I just want to fuck all my stuff up, man. Like, I'm like, just please, like, you can have, I'll be like, you can have Miles Morales. Fuck Miles Morales. I'll even give you Silk. I just want to keep Spider-Gwen and Gwenpool. You're like, no, it must all be destroyed. It must all <laughs> die. <laughs> That's so unfair. For um, the glory to return, <laughs> it must all die. That's so funny. Um, <coughs> Marvel Zombies, Black, Red and Blood. I thought these were pretty darn good short stories. I'm not sure I'd want to pay the excessive fee because they were quite slight. Like, especially Garth Ennis's Punisher story. Jesus Christ. Like, 
I was like, wow, did he whip this one up over five minutes after dinner on a fucking co- cocktail napkin? Oh, come on, bro. They, they, all of them just whipped these out. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Can I get my paycheck now, please? Oh yeah, it was it was very much like, uh, how much are you paying me? Oh, we're going to give you two thousand bucks. I'm like, sweet. Well, you're going to get about two minutes work. Um, yeah, it's like, hey, hey, uh, hey, so are you are you busy this afternoon? Why? Oh, I just need you to write a quick story. Yeah. Does it need to be good? No, 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 no. Just really. No, just just hand it in in two hours. Yeah. Just 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 whip it out. Like we'll, we'll put an artist on there. It'll be okay. Look, I I honestly thought. These were pretty good short stories, but they suffered from, like, sort of, like, how slight they were, in a way. Like, they, they were very sort of unmemorable, but yet they were also quite good. Like, I'd give it a 7 out of 10 overall, because I actually thought... I don't know, it's it's like when I read Batman Black and White. I think Batman Black and White's a much better comic book than this, but this was okay. And if you like the Marvel Zombies, which I do, I would probably say check it out because it's it's not bad but again i would be like i'm not sure if i'd pay full cover price for this because i i do feel it's a bit of a rip yeah and i don't know can i be honest with you i think i'm i feel like i'm done with the the marvel zombie stuff like um yeah although in saying that i mean i'm like more like what i mean is that i'm done of like hey can we find the next new thing um a cool idea where but to be fair i don't think they have any no um, I don't think they've got any cool ideas, so... Um, I think they're all out, I'm, man. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm probably asking for too much. I think they're all out. They're, they're doing the old keep milking it. Like, it's like... I'm sure it's lesser returns than it used to be, but they're like, just keep going. Like, fuck it. Like, you know, our line's a mess anyway. So I, I'd give it a 7 out of 10 overall. And I and look, I just feel Garth Ennis leading off. That was a pretty slight... Punisher story where Punisher just kills Daredevil and just walks away and I was like I was like it's okay but I was also like wow Garth Ennis like this seems to have taken like about 0.5% of your talent you know if that if that yeah what are you giving it out of 10 Rich I'll give this one a 6 as well okay. I mean it's it's, a, it's it's you know it's a collection it's an anthology so it's not like you can really mm. um uh, judge it too much, but but the um, Batman Black and Whites, which I'm reading at the moment, are much stronger than this, you know, which was done. And like I think, you know, they, they seem they're better than this. I think personally, I, I think this was okay. Uh, like I'll I'll check out the next one because I thought it was okay, but I don't know. Like you know what would be cool if they did a story that was just in black and white of this. Maybe that would be better rather than anthologies. You know, like an old school. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know, but at the same, as I said, at the same time, I'm just kind of done with the Marvel Zombies now. Yeah, because I mean, how much? I mean, you've been milking this for like what? I feel like twenty years. Now. Twenty years, yeah, yeah. It, it, it has been twenty yeah, years of milking. I see uh, Spider Man, you know, crying because everyone's zombies, oh, and then yeah. he gets bitten. You know what I mean? Like it's like it's been done. At, at what point am I allowed to not care anymore? Oh, I think we've hit that point. <laughs> I think we've hit that point, Rich. <laughs> Some time ago. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I've certainly hit it. I've certainly... Yeah. I've hit that wall, I'm afraid. Yeah. No, no, I, I don't blame you. I don't blame you at all. Uh, then we had... I want to get your response on this. I read this... This came up in my feed going, Outsiders 1, 
and it has like the engineer and it has uh, the carrier from authority and it has such and such and such. And I was like, wow, all these Warren Ellis like things. And I was like, I'm always kind of interested with how they're going to put that into the regular DC universe because I, I, I do think it could work. And they've certainly done it at times, never very well. Uh, I felt this was strange because I was interested. I really think they picked the blandest possible team. Oh, my fucking God. The, the Batman reject pile was, was strong here. Um, I don't mind Batwoman, but I can live the rest of my life and never see Luke Fox again. Uh, and he turned up, and I was like, oh, here's a, I was like, here's a guy that sucks. And then Lucius Fox turned up, and I was like, oh, God, like, we got the whole family oh, yeah. involved. Like, that, yeah, the guy that stole Batman's fortune? Yeah, whatever. Is that still canon? I don't know. But... But he's there, and then I'm like, yeah, okay, and then, but then they went into the carrier, and I was like, this is interesting, and they brought in Drummer, who, from my memory, is from Global Frequency, also a Warren Ellis DC project, uh, from memory, Drummer was not female, um, and he's now female, had long hair, what? but... Oh, God, I'm so shocked, bro. Yeah, no, I, I could be wrong there, but I... I don't think I am. I believe Drummer was... Um, he was sort of androgynous, so it doesn't really matter. But anyway, it was Drummer, who also wasn't kind of a bitch like she was here, but anyway. Um, the thing is, if I can be honest, the the source material... that this if you are. <laughs> the source material, obviously, authority, planetary, and a little tiny bit of global frequency this comes from is some of the strongest comics in my opinion in the last probably 25 or 30 years okay the source material unfortunately what we have here is just a really a failure to communicate it's a real pale imitation of it and it doesn't help that it's the world's blandest team you know like forget the authority which was a genuinely interesting lineup instead we've got like the batman reject pile you know, Batwoman and fucking Luke Fox. No one cares about Luke Fox. And Luke Fox with an attitude. And then Lucius Fox turns up. And I'm like, oh, well. Oh, wow. not, not, not so much an attitude of the, like, I'm just better than Batman. Yeah, he's not. Um, you know, news and, again, and this is coming from someone who's not a huge Batman fan. Yeah. But even I was just like, fuck, you think you are. <laughs> but, but also, like, in, in all honesty, if you're going to rip off and steal from, like, the greats, like Warren Ellis's like, best stuff, when he was really cooking, like, I wish Warren Ellis was doing this. You know, instead we've got, like, the fucking amateur hour team doing it. Like, they're doing their version of it, they're doing their riff on it, but, like, it's, it's, it's a pale imitation of the original, and you're reminding me at the end that Planetary's a thing with the Planetary Handbook and all that, like, the exact design of the omnibus, and I'm just like, yeah, kids... This is shit. Go read the originals. <laughs> go read the go read Authority, Stormwatch, and Planetary. It's so much better than this. The and this is everything that is wrong with the way they do these comics. I get it. Like, oh dear, poor Warren uh, Warren Ellis. We can't say his name because like he got entangled a couple of years ago. But we can make money off him. We can make money off him, and we can certainly put um, all the all his products are, are out, and you know, very strong work. It's all out. And hey, by the way, kids, he was never found guilty of anything at all. Never charged. 
He was guilty of being a creep, though. You know, yes, definitely that. But, you know, like, and then it's like, we're going to put his, we're going to put out pale imitations of his stuff and milk that name. But it's like, why wouldn't you put a good writer on it? Like, why would you give them the Batman reject team? Like, why wouldn't you bring them back properly in the first issue, at least some of them, instead of fucking Luke Fox, Lucius Fox, and Batwoman? That's all. That's the best you had? It's so weird to me. Like, it's just, I don't get why they do this. Like, they launch it, but it's so half-hearted. You know, it's just, it's, it, and, and, and they're so conscious that they're in the shadow of, really, some of the most kind of like awe-inspiring comics from like the 90s and early 2000s like really stuff that sh- that shaped the format and they're so in the shadow of it and they're just like so I don't know they're just almost scared of it like I I, I really thought this I, 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 this is lucky to get a five I also didn't love the art uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts Rich oh Jesus uh I don't want to spend too long talking about this piece of shit. Um, sure. Yeah, art is again. It's this. It's competently bland. You know, standard fare that we were talking about last week, where um, everything just feels stiff. Mm. No one seems to stand naturally, or or anything like that. Mm. Um. Uh, the characters, yeah, uninteresting. The fucking dialogue is cringe. Um, it's, again, it's... I mean, other than, yeah, Drummer and Kate, like, having words, everyone else is just sort of gushing over each other. Ooh. You know, like, when she's like, Lucia, so if you had come yourself, it would have been an instant yes. I love you, boy. And he's like, oh, I love you too, girl. Yeah, baby, I'm not feeling... It's like... <laughs> like, I thought Kate was supposed to be this very standoffish... Doesn't want to work with anyone, you know, loner. Yeah. Maybe. Back in um, the day. But again, it's, maybe it's changed. Not like I've read that much of her her stuff, if I'm being fair. So, mm. I just... And again, calling it the Outsiders. And then having having uh, Luke Fox do this, we're, we're Outsiders. We're, yeah. we're, gonna, we're operating outside the system. We're real Outsiders now. And it's like, <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, like, well... They keep using the outsiders, and it's like, <laughs> again, it's the same thing. Are we going to create anything new? It's like, are we just is is Luke going to take everything from Batman? His money, his his shtick, his uh, his teams. It still suck. Can I say that? It still like, suck. But you know what I mean? Like, is he just like the? Is he just going to steal everything from uh, from Batman? Probably. Probably, it's Richard. it's uninspiring crap, and you know, and, and maybe I don't know who they're trying to get excited with the planetary. I guarantee you, anyone who currently reads comics now who loves this shit has probably never read any planetary. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's like it, it. It's so weird. It's like an advertisement for like the planetary omnibus at the end, where they show the omnibus, and I'm like, yeah. seriously, is this just like, is this where you've gotten to DC, where you're almost acknowledging that. This series you're reading, that's put in front of you, is shit. You know, like it's 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 drivel. And but hey, guess what? We've got a planetary omnibus. It's the same thing that I was saying with um, uh, the Dan Jurgens thing from last week, where I was like, all it made me want to do was read uh, Reign of the Superman. You know, 
the, mm-hmm. the, the original stuff. I'm like, I don't, it's kind of like, here's our new stuff. And really what we want you to do is read the old stuff because it's so much better. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's just a weird marketing system that's, it's really kind of, yeah, eating itself. Whereas I, you know, I don't know. Like maybe some kid out there is like, oh, wow, I really want to read Planetary. And I hope that happens and Warren Ellis, et cetera, get a few sales. But oh, also, can I say this? When they were like on Cassidy Street, you know, John Cassidy who wrote, um, who drew, sorry, um, God, what did he draw? The Planetary. He drew all the Planetary with Warren yeah. Ellis. And it's just, I always find that stuff a bit cringeworthy. I mean, I know some people love it, but like I... I also hope that they get a check for this, and I'm, I'm pretty sure they probably don't, which is why I find I hate it even more. You know, it's like oh, on in Ellis City on Cassidy Avenue. Oh, what a great callback to the people who did it. Are they getting a check? Oh no, no, it's all it's all company owned. It's like okay, I just I just hate it. I I, I just I, I I had high hopes for this because I do think you could put a decent writer on it. And, and, and do do something with it. Like, I, I don't think it's so untouch, untouchable. Like, they've done stuff with the Authority and a bit of Stormwatch and stuff. Like, it, it is an untouchable, but this was so poor. And remember, Batman and the Outsiders, now it's Batman's reject pile on the Outsiders, you know? Yeah. It's, it's like, is Batman no, involved? I, oh, no. I know people can do it well, but the thing is, we're not talking about talented people right now. No, no. We, 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 we're talking about people who really should not be... Involved. Uh, doing comics. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. People can call me an elitist or a gatekeeper or whatever the hell they want, but I'm sorry. There's just too many people right now. Who I'll call you. I'll call you an elitist. Have Not a no, who have no place. Yeah. Are they so- um, uh, writing or drawing uh, uh, comics, and yeah. uh, I just they they make them, in my opinion, just unenjoyable because. And it, it, back in the day, even if I got a book that wasn't super great, right? Mm-hmm. Like, um, maybe it wasn't the best story. It might have had some fantastic art. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Something yeah. to get me excited. Where I'd be like, man, I fucking love that art. Though. Who's that artist? And then I find a new artist or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, but now that is so rare. Like, if if it's it's just like it's one bad package after one bad package. Yeah, it's, you know standards I mean? like, were a, standards were a lot higher. I think across the big two you certainly had your bad comics but i i do feel they were more enjoyable uh honestly than this yeah, was just and sometimes it's because uh, either the writer was really good and maybe they carried the art or there was just such a young uh, up-and-coming artist that just like blew you away that just carried you know what i mean that carried yeah. that story and you were you actually more engrossed looking at the uh the the the, the pictures than the actual you know mm. um uh story and so it didn't bother you know what i mean like one could carry the other, but I just, it, I don't, I don't think that can happen now. I just don't think, no. I don't think the talent is there on either side. So that means when you get the bad writer, unfortunately, you're getting the bad artist. With yeah, it doesn't, <laughs> so. it doesn't help. It doesn't help. I, I, something I noted here, and I have read uh, Planetary and the Authority many times. You know what I mean? Like I, they're, they're my pleasure reads. I will read. I'll happily read those on, on like a long weekend kind of thing every now and then. Uh, they try to mirror the sort of almost babble of techno babble that Warren Ellis uses a bit in Planetary, but mm-hmm. he uses it so much better. He uses it oh, so like shit, yeah. every issue of Planetary was brilliant. It was brilliant. Like it's such a high bar 
that 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 was set on that title, and this is just so fucking average, like in comparison. And I think that's what hurts even more. You know, that's what damns this. Look, this is just a very average, mediocre, run-of-the-mill product. It's in the shadow of giants, really, honestly. And I'm sorry, it is. Like, go read Planetary and come back to me and then read this. And you, you tell me what you think's better, guys. You know? I think you'll, mm. I think the vast majority of people will say Planetary just kicked its ass badly. Yeah. And, and also, if you're doing a first... Here's a tip, DC. If you're doing a first issue for something like this, put on your fucking A-team and get an A-team script out there that has actual members of the Planetary and Authority team, something people give a fuck about, not Luke Fox, Lucius Fox, and Batwoman, you know? Mm. Please, Luke Fox, especially Luke Fox and Lucius Fox, they can fuck off, you know? Batwoman, okay, but I would bring in members of Planetary and Authority. Drummer came in from Global Frequency, apparently, you know? Um, Yeah, I've read Global Frequency. Actually, no, maybe he was in Planetary, Drummer. I'm forgetting, actually. Maybe he was in Planetary, but whatever he was in, it was a he. And, okay, that person's brought in. Fair enough. But, I don't know. What about some members of authority, even? What about a lot of things? You know, also, the ship being evil kind of pissed me off. You know, frankly? (laughs) Carrier being evil, yeah, I'll be honest, kind of pissed me off. Um, Actually, I'm downloading my score to a three. Fuck them. That's right. My, my, if I was writing a review, it'd be three out of ten. Fuck them. That'd be it. In the shadow of Ellis and Cassidy and others, and you failed, DC. You failed. You failed your readers. You failed humanity. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to know if it was the actual writers that actually approached them and said, "Man, we love Planetary. We've got this great idea." Or was it actually like editorial? That's like, listen, we need a. We, we need something planetary, otherwise we're going to lose the rights or something. So yeah, it did feel a bit like that, didn't it? Like like Warren Beatty trying to uh, keep the rights to Dick Tracy. He films like a, a fucking... I hate that the, he does that, by the way. I hate oh, that he has the rights. Everyone and, hates and it. And we can't get another Dick Tracy. And But he comes out every fucking 10 years and does like a five-minute like infomercial or something. Like, yeah, it sucks. Mm. Yeah, it sucks. It's, it's, it's cynical and it sucks. And also, he doesn't do anything with the rights other than that. That's the yeah. That's also hilarious to me. Like, it's not like he's doing anything. This is like, honestly, this should come with an ad in the back for the Authority omnibus and the Planetary omnibus. <laughs> like the digital version should have a fucking link to no, that. It should come with a free coupon that says, "We're sorry you had to read this. Here's a coupon to get a discount on the actual Planetary." It should. Yeah, I agree. Well, I gave it three. What are you giving it, Rich? Uh, yeah, three. Now, I don't want to spend too long on this Wolverine Predator, but I, I wanted to get your thoughts. I, I, I think it's gorgeous artwork. I really do, and I also like mm. it. But what do you think of all the jumping around in the story? Because I, I, I just find it almost unnecessarily jumpy. Uh, what do you think, Rich? Uh, yeah, I mean, I get what they're trying to do. They're trying to, uh, because it's Wolverine and, you know, he's had his fucking mind melted so mm. many times... They're trying to like infer that he's actually, you know, gone up against the predator multiple times. Mm. Uh, the art, though, unfortunately, it's like there's three different artists, which I'm not enjoying mm. because I don't like that the art keeps changing. It's everywhere. Um, yeah. Which I understand why they're doing it. I guess in a sense, they they're doing it with like, well, we're covering two, uh, three time periods, so 
we want to have a different artist. But I'm like, yeah, but it kind of negates that it's the same like predator or the same story or the same characters. Do you know what I mean? Like oh. you're making it like almost like disassociative in a sense. It's pretty good though. The story I thought I, I actually really think it's actually a pretty good comic. I, I, I get what you mean about the artwork. Uh, yeah, Rich, what I'm basically thinking was that last image of uh, predator over Wolverine in the weapon X machine i thought that was great i thought that was actually iconic i I really enjoyed that artwork whoever did that artwork that's the artwork i love what did you think of that which 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 time period so in the end of it on the last page next one or the the last very last page it's it's predator standing over wolverine who's lying in the machine in weapon x kind of thing like Uh, it's yeah i'll be honest with the odds fine um, I think the first one is not my favorite because I don't know if the person's going for like a dispro- disproportionate or stylized thing, um, like with the big mouth open and oh. stuff and all that. Um, um, I've got to be honest with you. I find the it's weird because I can see that it's a male body, but I find the predator feels very feminine. Sure. Yeah. No. I, don't I, know if I it's yeah. Like they it or they uh, the the slenderness of it or whatever, which is just it's weird to me because I'm just used to the predator's being a little bit more, you know, bodybuilder. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. No. I, I hear you on that. I, yeah. I, I don't have an issue with the art in general. It's just that I don't like that it's three different artists. Yeah. On one book. Yeah. You know what I mean? I just yeah. feel like that's really unnecessary. Like, yeah, I, I hear you. I hear you on that. Because, like, I mean, like, two of the artists I think are actually pretty good, really talented. I'm almost like, why are you wasting... <laughs> you know what I mean? Why are you wasting artists on one book when you've got these other books that really need some fucking help? Mm. Um, you know, uh, getting their quality up. So, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, I, I mean, overall, it's fine if a little bit uninterested. Um uh, I really needed to be more R-rated. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, you've got Wolverine versus the Predator, and it's the probably the least bloodiest version of that I could probably imagine. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. You know, I was expecting way more gore and dismemberment and uh, and shit happening, and it seems very almost almost PG. Yeah. Yeah, no, it is. It is definitely, um, yeah, it's a bit less than you'd expect kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm giving it 7.5 out of 10. I, I, I did enjoy it. I don't love it, love it. But I'm sort of like, I don't know. It's it's so weird with Benjamin Percy. Like, he, he's good. I just feel he could be better. I, I feel like there's there's another level that he could get to. Um, yeah, but you know what? That also The, the problem is, is I also feel like you probably can't get better as a uh, writer if you don't have good editors. Yeah. Like, I think editors, you know, not only is their job to obviously edit the book and mm. and make sure everything's... But they, they're there to actually, like, help and grow mm. writers as well. You know what I mean? They they give them tips or they, they help sure. them with stuff. And I just don't think that that's a... Sure. I think that's a thing these days. I think, I think that's another issue, I think, why maybe the writers don't get better is because they don't have... Um, they don't have good... Um, the editorial kind of uh, assistance. Yeah, editorial team sort of... Uh, yeah, look, uh, I, I think I, I, I think he's one of the better writers at Marvel, but it's a weak punch, you know? like No, I mean, yeah, sure, I, I agree. I mean, he's one of the better ones, but I'm saying I just... You, you're saying that you want him to get better, but I'm like, mm. maybe it's very hard when... Maybe there's no one there that, that 
you know what I mean, is giving you those tips. Or, it almost feels like they're like, that's good enough. That'll do. You know? Yeah, they're like, oh, yeah, you're good enough, Percy. It's all good. Yeah, yeah. great, man. Yeah, like, it's like, oh, you've, you've given us another 7 out of 10. It's fine, you know, like... And he's he's doing a lot of books. Like, I actually like him as a writer. i, I got to be honest. I, I actually do. I, I, I think he's probably one of the better writers. But it, I don't know. It, it's just my opinion. I, I, I do think this could be more than it is. Um, potentially, maybe, uh, it should be longer as well. Like, when they're like, it's a four issue. I'm like, yeah, maybe this needs a bit more room to breathe, you know? I don't know. I disagree. I think it needs... Uh, I think That's 4 right. is fine, but it should just be balls to the walls, action and blood and... But it, it just feels and, like we spent a lot of wasted time. Like oh, but that's what I mean. Yeah. Like, they've spent, they, they spent more time doing a fucking backstory for this. You know what I mean? Like, like they're trying to set up this, like, um, very clever storyline or some shit, and you're like, dude, just do fucking... We need, do we need that, though? You know, for, for, for Ghost Rider... Not Ghost Rider, Wolverine versus Predator? I wouldn't think so, but apparently they do. They're like, yeah, we need to make it really deep. I'm like, okay, do we? Okay, all right. Um, okay, anyway, so seven point five two. Now we can reach to your trade. Oh, by the way, I don't know if I get my score, but it's a six. Another six. Okay. Another six. Okay. Uh, now we come to trade of the week: uh, Star Wars Legacy Epic Collection Two. Um, give us the teaser on this, Rich. I must say. Extremely enjoyable. I had forgotten everything about one, and it kicks off with the whole calamari um, scenes, which I enjoyed, and then it gets back to Kate Skywalker. Very much enjoyed that, and love the artwork. Um, wow, I love this universe that, that they've built in like two hundred years later. Rich, give us give us the pitch for this one and your thoughts. Yeah, so this one picks up from the last one where he escaped. Kate has just escaped from Darth. Uh, Kriat, uh, uh, and the reason that uh, he was captured in the first place is uh, Kriat is sort of dying from the Ujong Vong seeds uh-huh. uh, that have been sort of implanted on him. That's what the Ujong Vong did. They basically colonized and uh, terramorphed and all that sort of stuff. And uh, Cade basically um, has this ability to um, heal people by using sort of the dark side of the force, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, basically forcing the, like he's, and this is why I find it so funny that in the Disney ones, they've just having people heal, you know, like heal each other willy nilly. Yeah. Where in this one, it's like, no, 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 no. To force the will, uh, to force the force, mm. you know, to exert the force and force it to heal someone is actually an act of, um, Darkness, you know what I mean. It's it's dark side to 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 take the force and f- and force some um, you know someone's cells to regenerate or something like that or bring them back to life, kind of thing. Um, uh, but anyway, uh, he managed to escape. Um, they're kind of on the run. Shit goes wrong. Uh, yeah, the Mon Calamari. They are basically are they hammered. Genocided. Um, so they they help in the sort of the the rebels. Mm. Uh, or well, not really the rebels, but the the, re- the remnant of the um, galactic uh, republic. Yeah. Um, and uh, they basically to get uh, use an example. They are basically you know like a third of their population is killed and the rest enslaved and all that sort of jazz. Mm-hmm. And uh, Cade's trying to come to terms and he now wants to kill Darth Kriat, um because he reckons that's the only way he's going to be left alone. 
all that sort of stuff. Um, obviously, the Jedi want no part of the assassination and all that sort of stuff, except one does go with him, but I think that's more to keep an eye on him. I, I love that scene him. where he showed up at his old boss's, like, lair and took the ship back and everything. And, and he, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's a pirate that sort of... Um, yeah. it, it was a very uh, almost a very Yondu um, um, Star Lord kind of thing. You yeah, know what I mean? It was, like, yeah. Uh, a thing which uh, makes me wonder if that's where uh, Bender stole it from. Um, <laughs> Bender's. Um, but anyway, um, and, and so basically, they technically end up succeeding, but no one knows it um, because uh, Kriath's sort of second is keeping him on his body as if he's recuperating, and so he's technically leading the. Can, can I ask a question? What race is the is the race? Stop you. Can I? What's the, yeah? What race is the race of the second guy with the red skin, and he's kind of got the tentacles coming out of his chin? What race is that? Um, that is the other race that lives the the. No, it's not. It's not a Nord. No, that's the um the tentacles on the back of the head. Um, they are basically another sea race mm-hmm. that live on the same planet. Uh, as the Mon Calamari. Which is why he that should, guy was like, we're not Mon Calamari, but we can't do this. Like, one of the guys was saying that when they were executing them. Yeah, he's like, yeah. oh, you know, we don't agree, but we shouldn't be doing this. And it's like... Um, he was like, fuck uh, it, we're doing it. We're, we're and then he got slaughtered and all that. No, there's always been two... There's always been two sea people, and they basically... Um, they've kind of co-inhabited, uh, kind of been enemies. Mm. They're opposing... Um, uh, Quarren. Mm-hmm. That's what I, I was thought. I thought I was talking about Mass Effect there, the Quarren. Uh, they're the Quarren, and basically, yeah, they just, they both share the planet. So, okay. Um, well, that explains that's that. What, that's what he is. Well, thank you for explaining that, Richard. Um, yeah, and so that's just, yeah, um, it just carries on the story. He's now kind of off the death sticks a little bit. He's getting uh, ghost visits from not just Luke, but his dad now. His dad teaches him, ghost-wise, how to use his power to actually find the weakness in things, mm-hmm. um, which is another form of the power that he has. Um, yeah, it's all very interesting. Again, it's a, it's a character that does not want his legacy. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? He's Obviously, people expect him to live up to the Skywalker name, and he literally has no interest <laughs> in wanting well, to be a Skywalker. I like him because he's so different, you know? And he gets the, like, when the Force goes to Luke showed up and his dad, I was like, wow, I didn't expect that. Um, if that happened in the first one, which it probably did, I've just forgotten it. And I was like... Uh, Luke showed up, but, yeah, his dad did only show up at the towards the end of the first uh, volume. Right, yeah. I, 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 I said this to you before the show. In my opinion, uh, I've read a fair number of Star Wars comics. I will tell you the two best that I've read. This series, and I also liked some of the Darth Vader stuff that I read uh, when um, you know Marvel took it over. I, I, I and I didn't love it; I just liked it. Whereas I love this. I, I think this is really good. Like this is my favorite. I've not read all the comics. Kids, don't come after me. Um, you know, I read the comics in the eighties when my mate had them one afternoon. I read about twenty, and they seemed to my young brain fantastic. You know. Um, mm-hmm. Standards. My brain was not a comic reader back then. It was. A, it was. I wasn't an expert. I. But I genuinely think this is 
really good storytelling. Um, a lot of double crosses going on, like uh, great artwork as well. Like the artwork in general, when Jan Drusmer, who I believe is a regular uh, art artist for John Ostrander, does it, it's just next level. It's so cinematic. You could make these into fucking movies and TV shows and like stuff. Like it's just so much material here that you really feel like it's proper, full on the Star Wars universe, but fleshed out, expanded. Like this Skywalker is so different. He's such a little bitch, really. You know, but it's interesting. He's interesting. Like it's a, it's it's got weirdly, like a, it's got like almost. How can I say? When I say mature tone, I don't mean like sixties. I mean like it's just got like a bit of an adult sensibility mixed in with like entertainment. I I really think this is amongst my favourite Star Wars comics I've ever read. I can't think of any other Star Wars comics where I've been so glued. You know, I generally find them a bit sort of boring and they a bit unnecessary. Yeah. But this well, the problem cool. with the problem with the Star Wars comics is a lot of them are either just um, comic versions of novels, yeah, or, or they just episodicy type of things to fill in, but they can't really do too much. They can't really do anything, you know. So like when, uh, when they've done some comic set in the clone, yeah, they might tell an interesting story, but it's nothing that can change the status quo. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Uh, it, but, and that's why again, my favorite favorite time period for the novels was after Return of the Jedi because mm. they could essentially do what they wanted because you know you know George isn't doing any more movies, yeah. So they don't they they can change the world and kill characters and I know some people are, oh they kill Chewie okay fine I mean you might not like everything right and I'm not saying that everything is fucking grade A but overall at least you were. It was new, it was fresh. You weren't sure where they were going to take it. Um, and most of the, the, the point, the stories were good. Um, and that's the same with this. Mm. This is really enjoyable because you don't know where they're going. Because yeah, I love it. it's all new characters. It's a whole new it's a whole new world. And they're not bogged in. They're not tied to anything. Yeah, they're tied to the past. But going forward, going through the future, they're not tied by anything. It's I appreciate whatever. that you quoted Aladdin. It's a whole new world. It's a whole new Did world. I? Yeah. <laughs> whole new world. Um, yeah, no, I... Um, You're happy, Dave. I'm glad I could bring uh, a little bit of... Signal. I thousand percent agree with you. Oh, actually, I'm going to say something now. Signal listeners, rush out and grab these two... I think there's three epic collections of the Star Wars Legacy. It is fantastic. Actually, but, uh, I'll, be warn, I'll warn you, I own them already, but they're a little bit hard to find because really? um, not a lot of them in print. You can pick them digitally, though, as well. Yeah, yeah, but if you want them physically, either pay, pay to pay a fair bit, um, or yeah, or your only option is digital because... So you sold down at the Crossroads, Rich, for that kind of stuff? Huh? So you sold down at the Crossroads for that kind of stuff, do you think? I mean, I, I don't think of that. I don't... I mean, I wouldn't do that wouldn't for anything, but... <laughs> wouldn't go that far? Wouldn't go that far, Rich? We wouldn't find you down at the Crossroads no, no, at midnight? I would say, what line am I prepared to cross? And I always seem to stop at selling myself. Yeah, it's fair, man. It's fair. Sold everything else, man. Sold it all. We're all up for sale, man. We're all whores at the end of the day. You know what not I mean? Me. <laughs> Did you say not you? Not me. I have standards. I liked it before when you said call me an elitist. I said I'll call you an elitist. I don't think you heard. I was like I'll call you an elitist. 
Yeah, well, I told you to. So yeah, I, mean, I was like, I was like, I'll, I'll take that opportunity. You, know, you only do what I told you to, which I yeah. appreciate. Thank you. Um, yeah, no, guess what? This is getting a nine point five out of ten. I, I don't fucking care. Like it's it's, uh, and I and I cruised through this comic because I I, I was obviously really ill, and then I when I, when I finally came back to Earth, I read all these Star Wars comics sort of as comfort food while I was getting better. And then I dipped into this, and my first, and, and it kicks off with the alien, not alien, the um, the space battle stuff with the Mon Calamari and stuff, which I was like, this is cool, because it wasn't the, the normal story. It was like, this is happening at the same time as whatever was happening. And I really enjoyed it. And then it kicked back to Cade Skywalker, and I was like, fuck, I don't remember anything. But within an <laughs> issue, other than him, I didn't, you know, it, it's been a long time, it's been six months since we've done it. I picked it up real quick. You know, and I was like, oh, I remember this now. I'm, I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. Dave's back. And, and then the story just kept rolling. And I think that's a talent that, that a guy like Ostrander, who, let's face it, has done it all in comics, you know, he, he's like, you know, guess what? You may have just jumped on. Well, it doesn't take you long before you find yourself back in the swing. You feel like you're, it's a real pro behind the controls who mm. it's almost like you know, he knows exactly what he wants to do. Like, you know, the twists and the turns of the story. I, I, you know you're in the hands of, let's face it, a master storyteller. And it's brilliant artwork too. And the two things combined. It's Star Wars, but it's kind of different to what you know, but it's not so different that you, you won't recognise it. Like, when, when it was first you said, like, we're doing Star Wars 200 years in the future, my brain was like, this is going to suck. And and oh, I was I, I was so disproved wrong. I really like the Imperial Knights. I'm surprised they haven't mm. brought that they're into my, the. They're my favourite. I I really would like uh, love to have a book or a show or something about those guys. Like well, back in the day. I mean, obviously. Well, not, I'm surprised they haven't done now. I'm surprised they haven't done that kind of stuff now. You know, like. But you see what I mean? Like that's the difference between, in my opinion, like Ostrander and like the Disney now. Like Ostrander is he's enriching the world. He's he's respectful of what's come before, mm-hmm. and he's he's here to add to it, right? He's here to yeah. to enrich it, to add to it, to to go. Hey, this could be a, a logical progression sure. of the story. But again, Disney, it's just about content, man. We yeah. need content. We need content. We need content. We don't care if it doesn't make sense. We don't care if we don't have a plan. Yeah, gotta have that content. Oh yeah. No, for sure. And, and they suffer for it. Like, their reputation suffers. Maybe they don't give a fuck, but I, I give a fuck. You know what I mean? Like, when, when you have movies where I'm just like, and I don't think I'm the harshest critic in the world, I honestly don't, where I'm like, they have whole movies now where I'm like, I'm just going to ignore it. That's, pretty, that's a pretty bad state of affairs, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I don't really care what happened in Rise of Skywalker. I'm just like, it was meaningless. It was awful. Um, I just don't care. It's, it's like the last film in the Die Hard franchise. I prefer to pretend it doesn't exist. You know? Mm-hmm. It, it makes my life easier. Um, yeah, 9.5 out of 10 from me. What are you giving it, Rich? Yep, it's a 9 out of 10. 9 out of 10. Now, next week, I think we might have a bit of a lighter read. Um, I want to do this comic book. Let me just see what it is. Oh, it's only a one-parter. Okay, so we'll do it as one of the weekly comics. I want to do this IDW Endless Summer Dungeons and Dragons, a Saturday morning adventures. It's just like a a one-off spin-off. Um, I'll I'll find it. I'll find it. Remember the cartoon? Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. They've been doing a lot of that. Remember they did that with like GI Joe. Yes. 
They did it with turtles. It's, it's but yeah, it's basically just the Saturday morning look. All right, I, I know what oh, we'll do is the weekly comic for no, as the trade of the week next week. We'll do Sergeant Rock versus the Army of the Dead. Okay, it's only right. it's only one hundred and sixty five pages, and I, I figure that'll be a good one to do. Now, I for listeners, um, as I said, um, just in the process of um, booking Jeff Grubb, we'll have him on. So, look, if you have questions for Jeff, and I know Michael Kellishim has some already. Send them to me because um, I'm going to compile them because I want to do a really kind of deep dive with Jeff. We obviously had such a great experience with Ed Greenwood and with um, Zeb Cook. It was a real pleasure to talk to those two gentlemen. And my God, what a pleasure Ed Greenwood was when we spoke to him for all that time. Like, so generous with his time. Like, now, so we've got that coming up. Um, I'm going to have Mike Barron on the show next week. Um, if there's anything you'd like to ask Mike, I'm probably going to speak to him Thursday or Friday. Um, you know, let me know. Uh, Mike's got a new project, which is primarily what we're talking about, so that'll be, you know, it'll be fun. So any questions you've got for Mike, please pump them in. Uh, he's got a lot of stuff that he's coming out with at the moment. Um, I know he's got a new Western comic, which may be the thing he's hit, he wants to talk about, um, but he's always got, a, like, a lot of stuff going. Um, yeah, so those two things, uh, we're doing uh, Sergeant Rock versus Army of the Dead. I'm kind of excited for it, Rich, actually, to be honest. I love Sergeant, mm. I love Sergeant Rock, man. I believe it's written by Bruce Campbell, or at least he's one of the writers. Um, yes. from uh, uh, Bruce Campbell is definitely contributing in some way. Sweet. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, and, uh, yeah, you know, look, obviously we're members of the collective. You've got guys on there like Capes and Lunatics, um, I've got another episode coming up with them soon. You've got uh, Lessons of Krypton. You've got Into the Night with Ray. Ghost Spider Groupies. A lot of great programs. Inner Demons with Brian Biggie. Although Brian Biggie right now, he's probably drinking straight scotch, staring into the abyss. Like, he just wants to go out and punish, but he's apathetic about Ghost Rider, man. He's lost the willpower. The fire's gone out. Dude, it's, can I be honest with you? I feel so... I feel so bad for um, for us sort of like um, content creators and fans and all that because we when we started this sort of stuff and all that, right, or when people started podcasts and all that, sure. it was almost like a golden age. Do you know what I mean? Sure. Like um, it, there was still good stuff on the horizon. There was still good stuff coming out. And honestly, in the last, I don't know, what would you say, seven years, give or take, mm. eight, maybe ten it's just like it's been going downhill and downhill to the fact that I'm not joking. We, we've got to the point, I think, where a lot of the stuff that we enjoyed is like just so unrecognizable. Do you know what oh, I mean? Yeah, there's, like been the of, there's, been so shit, there's been a lot of bad shit. There's been a lot of bad shit. Been a lot of bad voodoo, man. But you yeah. know what? Fuck it. Who cares, man? The, the Alien Legion film's coming out, dude. Like, like, then he fuck. should, yeah, but what, then he should just like, he should uh, edit. You know, and he, should, he should get on there and, and fucking give him hell. <laughs> Dude, he should hop back on the bike with the chains and the pen and stare and just give them absolute fucking hell. Give them hell, man. Give them the pen and stare. Does he even have to come back to be Johnny Blaze or Brian Biggie? Can he just stay as the demon on the roads forever? Man. Hell yeah. Dave's loving it. I don't know if Brian Biggie would be loving it. Um... You know, he's got a more nuanced take on the whole thing, whereas I'm more about just the endless punishment that he wants to dole out, you know? Remember I said to you, oh, right. have I ever given you that pitch at um, LAX, you know, off the off the plane, out rolls Frank, 
I yeah. don't think so. Okay, so outrolls Frank through the airport. He's grumpy. Hasn't shaved. He's thinking about punishment. Hops in a hops in a, a cab. Take me to such and such. The guy turns around. Suddenly, it turns into a skull, flaming. Let's go. Punish. It's Ghost Rider, man. Let go. <laughs> he turns out. <laughs> he turns around. And someone said Ghost Rider, the Uber driver. <laughs> <laughs> he's an Uber. He's an Uber driver now, <laughs> and, and actually, in one section of the of the thing, it was Frank was with Moon Knight, and they were sort of like you know colleagues working together, and they hopped in the cab, and then Ghost Rider turned around. It's like let's go, and then in in flaming letters, Marvel Knights. There's my pitch, man. Frank, Moon Knight, and Ghost Rider. Out to punch. What a pitch it is. It's pretty fucking powerful, isn't it? They should greenlight that one. And you know, oh, they should, but they won't. Hey, just the idea of the guy turning around to Frank, and Frank just gives him that like thousand, you know, yard stare, like the deadness in Frank's eyes, and then the guy like turns into the flaming skull. Let's go, and Frank's like, I like this guy. Let's punish. <laughs> you know, you get Frank like hocks the gun in the back of the car. Drive. <laughs> Let's punish. <laughs> Not vengeance. Vengeance is an emotional response. Punishment. Something like that. <laughs> Vengeance is an emotional response. Punishment. <laughs> I love I love quoting that line, man. It's just a deep line. It's almost as deep as Jim Morrison, you know? As sir, let the ceremony, is everybody in? Is everybody in? The ceremony is about to begin. Yeah, that's, that's why you've got it as the start of your bloody... I do. I do, man. Sometimes. When I, when I feel like putting it in, I put it in. All right. I think we've hit the end of the rope. <laughs> the fact that I'm just sitting here <laughs> quoting Jim Morrison. <laughs> I think Dave may yeah, have done What else is there to do? Well, throw yourself into the abyss. Uh, if, if, the, if the choice is the abyss or punishment on the open road, take the take punishment on the open road. Fuck it. Go give Bog Iger the penance there. Maybe it'll do him some good. You know? Good at sharp. Maybe. Good sharp look in the mirror for old Bubby, you know. All right, oh, Bubby. On that note, I want to say thank you and good night. Good night. Fantastic show, Rich. Always, buddy. <laughs>